I've got my picks now. I just finished. So I'll, I'll unveil them actually here while I'm talking to you tonight. Sound good? Historic. <laughs> this, this, this is great radio. <laughs> Thinking out loud here. Do people actually listen to these episodes? A handful do, yeah. About as many as appear on them. Uh, he was the manager of the Royals for a while, and he'd scream and do shit like he threw a telephone at a reporter once. Oh, God. And this is, this is you know, not a, not a cell phone. This That was plugged into a wall. He yanked it out of the wall and tossed it at a reporter. That's the kind of shit I want to see from my manager. There you go, yeah. We had a guy like that in our softball team where he's like, hit the cutoff, hit the cutoff, because he like nine times, more than that, you know, 95, 99% of the time, you're not going to throw somebody out from right field at home. You, just, you can't do it. He would constantly try just because, you know, once a season he'd do it and everybody would go apeshit. Nope, hopefully I win this year so I can lord it over everyone next year. There you go. He's, he's the first honest response we've gotten from any of the guests, so. <laughs> well. <laughs> Iglesias, and he's out for the season now. Yeah. With uh, fractures in both his legs. Which probably the Red Sox knew about and just never uh, said anything about when they made that trade. Hey, you guys had, you guys could examine medical records. Yeah. <laughs> typical, typical Red Sox. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio with your host, Tim Banal. What is going on, my friends? This is Tim Benall of BenallofAmerica.com with the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Yes, much to the chagrin of the haters, our annual spring tradition continues as we present the long-overdue 2014 edition of the Baseball Special. For this year's festivities, we welcome back Greg Bishop, Jason Offutt, Adam Go Rightly, Paul Kimball, and the US of E.com's Red Sun Superman for our usual casual conversations about America's pastime. Plus, of course, there are plenty of side tangents and off-topic discussions, as well as updates from the guests regarding their latest works in the world of the paranormal, and, of course, predictions for the 2014 baseball season as the guests contend for the highly coveted BOA Audio Baseball Special Prediction Contest Championship. I know we are reaching a very small portion of the BOA Audio listening audience, So I want to give big thanks to those folks out there tuning in, the hardcore BOA audio listeners. You know who you are because you're listening right now to the baseball special. You would not believe how many emails I get from folks who say either they listen to all the programs with the caveat except the baseball special, or I hear from folks who say they listen to the baseball special even though they don't even like baseball just because they enjoy hearing us sit around and chew the fat, have some laughs, and talk like normal folks do at the bar 
after they've had a few beers. That's pretty much what the baseball special is, a glimpse into a different side of some of these guests. That's what we strive to do here on the baseball special every year, and this year is no exception. I should say that, unfortunately, we could not book previous baseball special guests Lauren Coleman and Rich Dolan for this year's festivities. They are definitely missed this year, and hopefully we can get them back for the 2015 BOA Audio Baseball Special. And, with all that said, let's get down to business and play ball. These interviews were recorded over the course of the last week in March of 2014. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special, and we're kicking it off here with the winner of the 2013 Prediction Contest, the esteemed Greg Bishop, compiling once again another appearance on the program uh, to his record tally. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Congratulations on winning the uh, 2013 crown in the Prediction Contest. Thank you. I'm still waiting for my foil crown in the mail. <laughs> I'm not a, what am I esteemed as? Esteemed as somebody that doesn't shut up. Yeah. No, no, no. Esteemed <laughs> podcaster, esteemed friend of the show. You've been, you've been around since season one. It's pretty, that uh. That is definitely true. It's pretty Great. amazing. And, and of course, as we've discussed year after year on the show here, you are uh, an ardent, uh, and I should actually, before I get into that, I should say you edged me out narrowly. Uh, you, you defeated me to win the championship, but I was put in the go rightly position because the same thing happened a few years ago to go rightly and, the Giants won the World Series, and I asked him if, he, if he'd rather have won the prediction contest or have the Giants win the World Series, and he <laughs> he took the he took the latter. So I, I too will uh, appreciate the Red Sox winning in exchange for uh, the yeah. loss in the prediction contest. Quite a year for us here in Boston. But yeah. uh, what uh, what was that? Won like three times in the last ten years, something it, like that. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. It was quite a playoff run. I could not yeah. even believe it. It was. One of those things you just don't. You're you're afraid it's going to end. You're always this is oh, so I know amazing. That. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling throughout the entire season, <laughs> except last season when the Dodgers did really really well for you know. Well, it was a pretty crazy season for them. Uh, uh, yeah, they were like great for like you know two weeks, then they stunk for like two or three months, and then they were like unbeatable for about three months, which was. That, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask about. First of all, what the, the I heard that like they were doing so bad there for a while that they were close to getting rid of Mattingly. Like it was, I heard it was something like if they if they didn't turn it around in like a week or two, uh, they were going to get rid of him or something like that. That so. was kind of the the rumor for a while, and I think Mattingly knew it too, and he just he didn't say anything about it. Like I don't know what you think about him as a manager or a person, but he. He, to his credit, he was he was a he was a big boy about it. Then at the end of the season, there was this um, uh, press conference with him and the the general manager Ned Coletti, and they sat like ten feet away from each other and basically said nasty things about each other for the for the whole press conference. It was if you even see the, all the pictures that they 
still pictures that they pick for that that shows uh, Mattingly looking really pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) And then about a month later, everybody was hugging and kissing again. So I don't know what happened, what goes on in the front office, what people are, you never know. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they just played, we'll get to it, but they just played in Australia and Puig did some crazy stuff. Well, that was ran himself out of you know ran himself out of a uh, it, it got himself in a rundown through to the wrong people all that and Mattingly like he he gave him shit in the press and people's like he shouldn't do that that's inappropriate it's like you know what's going on I mean you don't say anything to the press without there being a specific reason and a specific reason is probably get the message to him like you keep this stuff up and you're gonna be back in the minors hmm. and he's probably told it to him par- privately all through spring training and now he's screwing up in the in the games that count, he's probably just, he's probably, that's probably one of his last straws is just like punish him publicly. Well, that's the, that's, that's the, the guy I wanted to ask you about because he was sort of like the, he was one of those guys that you hear about all season. He was like this exciting breakout player. Well, uh, he was. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, you're just like, what's he going to do today? <laughs> so I guess as a fan who saw him way more than I did, what, what what's so electrifying about this guy? Because you never know what he's going to do. He's going to do something like incredibly, like Superman, amazing, and then like the next, the next uh, uh, inning, he'll do something like a stupid rookie move that you you wouldn't do yourself, probably. I mean, I, I know I wouldn't. Yeah, like a, like a over, people, overrun a, a base hit. Get he'll overrun. He'll run through stop signs. He'll try and throw to home from the outfield. We had a guy like that in our softball team where he's like, hit the cutoff, hit the cutoff. Because he like nine times, more than that, you know, 95, 99% of the time, you're not going to throw somebody out from right field at home. You, just, you can't do it. He would constantly try just because, you know, once a season he'd do it and everybody would go ape shit. Because, <laughs> so like, and Puig does that. He's got a lot better average, though, of throwing people out at home from right field. Hmm. I, I still don't know why people go on him, but. Um, well, I guess because it, you know, they got probably a, you know, a 75 to more percent chance of making it. But every once in a while, he'll throw somebody out from right field. And you're just like, how the hell did he do that? He's just got this. I mean, it's like somebody hit the ball with a bat. He throws it so hard and so fast. It's, you know, so that's the amazing part. But the other dumb part is like, wow, a guy took two bases on that stupid throw you made to try and get somebody, somebody at home. Mm. Or there's like guys on first and second. He throws somebody out at home that's, you know, and then suddenly there's guys on second and third. <laughs> Instead of just throwing to the cutoff so they're, you know, a run scores and there's guys on first and second. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, he seems pretty, did he win the rookie of the year? I don't remember. No, he didn't. Okay, he must have come close though, I bet. I think he did come close. Yeah. I didn't know if he, I didn't think he was eligible, but he'd been in enough games because he came in like, what, in June or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, well, as crazy as he seems, that they, they seem to give him a lot of credit for kind of electrifying the team because I, I believe that the turnaround did happen when they brought him up. Yeah, I, I think he deserves it. Well, he got the team because his first game, he like, I think he hit a home run and he ended the game by, on a double play by catching a ball, um, in right field. Like sort of deep, um, so deep because that the, the guy on first just went. I mean, whoever it was, I can't even remember who they were playing. But yeah. He just and he's three quarters of the way to second. He's like, "What? He caught that!" And he comes running back, and Puig just fired at it uh, uh, at first at Gonzalez, and they cut him out, and that ended the game. That was his like that was his first game. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, he so, seems. Yeah, people ask why anybody anybody's interested in baseball, UI, anybody, and my answer is you're watching a like any sport, I guess. I don't really care about other sports, but you're watching a drama that's it's it's got a script, but it, it changes every time in very subtle ways, and sometimes in amazing ways, and that's that's what's interesting about it to me. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There's oftentimes you'll be watching a game and. I've watched hundreds of games, probably thousands at this point. It's like sometimes I'll still see something I've never seen before. Yeah, every once in a while you'll still see something you've never seen before. And it's like, that was amazing. Oh. Yeah, you'll see, I've still <laughs> not seen anybody steal home. But I have seen, um, I did see that back-to-back-to-back, you know, the, the four yeah. home runs with San Diego a few years ago that where they were four runs down in the bottom of the ninth. They caught up, went to like the 11th inning and won because mm. Nomar hit a home run. Now what? Yeah. Ha- what did, did guys came up against like the their 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 setup guy and then their club against Trevor Hoffman? There were three home runs hit off of Trevor Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the only time that's ever happened. I would presume so. Yeah. So um, now, did they? I'm gonna. Uh, my my memory is very foggy on this. They they made it to the National League Championship, right? And they, they lose to St. Louis. Is that what happened? Yes. Uh, what is with St. Louis, dude? I, I, I hate them. Nobody likes them. They're, they've turned into like the Yankees of the Central, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, the National League Central. No, no It's just because they're, they're so, what's the word? People in L.A. thought they were kind of like, you know, uptight and cocky and... and, and they're kind of snobby. And snobby, that's the word. They're snobby. And the funny thing was, I was listening to the national broadcast. I was watching it. I don't know if it was on ESPN or what, but I was watching it, like, a couple of the playoff games, and these supposedly national announcers, they were, you could tell they really didn't want L.A. to win. And I was thinking, aren't these guys supposed to be kind of impartial? They don't, like, they're not hired by the Cardinals. But apparently, I guess there's some kind of, like, there's still this, you know, West Coast, Thing I don't know where it is, where it comes from in baseball, but the the East Coast figure they're the cradle of baseball, which they are actually, uh, uh, practically they are the cradle of baseball. Hmm. The first professional game was pa- played in what, like the 1830s or something, and in uh, at Elysian Fields in uh, in Jersey somewhere, I think. Uh, there's this prejudice against West Coast baseball for some reason, especially in the press. It's kind of weird. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it's like just laziness, honestly. Like they don't. Maybe I mean, the I games are so late that they perceived on my part. I've got a persecution or something complex on it, but a lot of people seem to notice it. I see it on the board. Now I see it in a way that, that in all sports, there's kind of this like uh, they accuse ESPN, which is pretty accurate, I think, of, of an East Coast bias because they are based in the East Coast and they cover New York and Boston primarily, like more than anybody. But it may it may be the hour difference. Eastern uh, okay. time, they put the times of the games. All the West Coast games, they put Eastern times on the MLB site. They might have changed that by now, but I'm like, what? why are you putting East Coast times for, for West Coast games? Exactly. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty uh, ridiculous. Now, did but they, you know what's amazing? Yeah. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball is uh, trying to change that, I think, basically out of a marketing thing, because they had that Australia series that just ended two days ago. Did you watch the Australian games, and what, what did you think of 
I guess they were probably on at a better time for you because I suppose you. Well, the first game, the inaugural game of the whole season, was on at one in the morning. Actually, it started at one forty-five. I was in bed. I listened to like two innings of it just so I could hear the first, the first called games of the entire season. Yeah. By Vin Scully. Um, on local radio here, but I couldn't see the game either of the games because, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to see the games, anybody in L.A. that doesn't have Time Warner Cable because they bought it, they have the rights and they won't, you know, they're not won't, I'm sure they'll sell them to other networks, but but they're bickering over how much. Oh, God. Yeah, there's a possibility that none of the other uh, satellite, satellite or cable networks, of which there's probably two, DirecTV and, I don't know what else. Comcast or something, right? Yeah. We have DirecTV. Those are the only, you know, uh, and I called, you know, what's weird. I called like five sports bars yesterday or on Saturday because we thought we'd go see the, you know, the second game in Australia. Nobody had it. Oh, weird. Everybody has DirecTV. Oh, God. So it's, it's, uh, they're kind of shutting everybody out of watching the games. Then I read an article about this about a week ago. My dad saved it for me. The, one of the, commentators i said that uh well you know that what the the cable companies and the the, the satellite the, TV, the networks figure at least the you know not not the major networks but uh cable providers and satellite figure that people are real interested in baseball for like the first couple of weeks unless their team's doing well then they kind of maybe pick it up in the summer and then they watch it in the fall yeah that makes sense which totally makes sense but I don't know why they can't just sell you a package for the whole year and just lock you in, instead of making you pay one, you know, every pay pay every month as your interest goes up or down. Um, if they could make a deal like that, I'd pay it. You know, not I don't know hundreds of dollars, but you know, if it was like you know six, eight, ten, twenty dollars a month, it kind of sucks, but I'd still pay it. Yeah, it'd be worth it. I mean, to to get the uh, to be able to watch the games. Yeah, yeah. But the stupid thing is the the MLB TV. They do they. Like block out local games. Right, I was gonna say don't do that because you can't. Then you won't be able to watch the local games. I was thinking, what? what, what you know, they just do that because they don't think people are gonna go to the games if they can watch them at home, which is stupid. If people want to go to the games, they'll go to the games. I think. Yeah, I think it has to do with broadcast rights locally or something like that too. Yeah. Well, the thing you can do, and I, it'd probably be pretty easy how to find out to do this, and everybody knows this, is just to uh, find a proxy service that so looks like in another state, right, so right, accessing it from somewhere else outside of your you know, uh, area. Yeah, there's ways to get around it if you're really uh, ambitious. And we have tickets for like 30 games. This wow, year. Jesus, 30 games, holy shit. Well, that's the first tier where you can actually pay for the, uh, you can actually pick all the games you want instead of they hand you a package of games where they figure, you know, they can't sell tickets to these games, so they, you know. Yeah. They'll throw you a few bones with some decent matchups like, you know, San Francisco because everybody hates them or or, you know, the Cardinals come to town or um some interleague like the Yankees last year was completely one hundred percent sold out. Oh, I'm sure. We I we had we went to one of the games because we had that game plan and um it was a lot of fun. It was a loud game. The Dodgers won that one. Um but uh we we were looking at what people were asking for online. We could have paid for most of our season by selling those tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So my wife and I, I was like, she said, do you want to sell the tickets? I don't know. I said, I don't know. Do you want to sell the tickets? And, like, as it got close to the game time, game day, we're like, let's just go. <laughs> yeah. so lucky we yeah. had somebody that actually went out and bought the tickets when they first went on sale for this season. 
She goes, oh, I already bought them. This was like December 20th. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Did the Dodgers make any big moves this offseason? I can't recall. They didn't make. They didn't sign any, any uh, big names or anything that I can think of. I think the biggest name they signed was Dan Heron. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. All like right. A, a huge deal, and I don't think, you know, he's one of those guys that's kind of like a – you know, a veteran pickup, maybe he'll stay healthy and, and be a good number four or five guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe he'll do better. Maybe they see something, you know, people see something we don't. But that's what most people are predicting. But the first three guys, I mean, they, they, every single place I went to to look at predictions, which I'm sure everybody does this except probably like, you know, Coleman or Rich Dolan that knows, knows so much, or maybe even uh, Paul Kimball. Um, every single one of them predicted the Dodgers to go to the World Series, and most of them to win it. Wow. Which I've never seen in my life of going to baseball for 20 years. Not not that long, but about 20 years. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty good. Now, before we get into the predictions, as a, I know it's not your money or anything, but as a fan, the, like you see what happens with the Yankees. They have all these guys on these huge contracts, and then they... They devolve pretty quickly. Uh, you know, they, they kind of uh, break down pretty fast. You, you know, you're like A-Rod there. If it wasn't suspended, they'd be paying him like $25 million a year, and Jeter's getting like 20 million, and a lot of these guys are paying insane amounts, and they're not worth the money. And as a fan, are you concerned with that happening to the Dodgers? Because they have a ton of guys who are like $20 million players. Yeah, they do, but they also have like $20 million, $20 million times more money than the Yankees. Hmm. It's like it's kind of this like bottomless pit. But the thing is, I think they 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 learned from that Yankees model, which worked for a little while. It, it did. It worked great for a little while. But the thing is, they I don't know what the I you know I'm not enough of a baseball analyst, but it seems like they'll get somebody that's real good. They pay him a ton of money, give him a long contract, and the long contract thing is where they fall down. Right. Because people are going to go up and down and up and down and and generally down over the life of this contract. So you know they're not. Paying people, you know, sick amounts of money for big long contracts, unless it's like a Clayton Kershaw, you pay him a lot of money for a long contract because you're going to get way more than the, the, that guy's worth for at least you know a few more years. Yeah, but then you have somebody like Hanley Ramirez. I think they paid him pretty well, but they didn't give him this like ridiculously long contract or anything because the guy is a little older and he's doing great right now, but he could be injured. You know, you breathe on him and he gets hurt. Yeah. Um, but when he's healthy, he's great. And then, you know, they'll bring in like a, you know, not really a rehab, but somebody like Dan Heron and they're paying him well, but not ridiculously. Hmm. And they don't pay some prospect, you know, record amounts of money, or they don't pay some like big guy from another team record amounts of money. I think that's why they didn't pick up, um, Tanaka, um, one, because they didn't want to pay him that record amount of money. That was probably the main reason. And two, they're going to do. They're probably going to do fine without him. <laughs> and I, I presume so. Yeah. Sort of an unproven. You know, people come over here from Japan, and generally they do well. But you know, sometimes it's sometimes it doesn't work out so well. Pitchers, I think, from Japan generally do pretty. Actually, from anywhere, really good pitcher you bring over here from another country. I think they, as far as I know, they generally do okay. I, I know for a fact from Japan they do. Mm. Yeah, they seem to do. I feel like they have a limited shelf life, though. Like they come in, they do pretty good for like three, maybe three, four years. But then it kind of, then they kind of peter out. Probably because they pitch like way too much in Japan, because they pitch crazy amounts in, in Japan. So yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised um, if they're completely who's, burned who's out. The, uh, who's the guy the Yankees got from the Dodgers? Uh, uh, 
He was really good for the Dodgers, and then he went to the Yankees, and everybody's listening is going, oh, it's, you know, whoever. But um, he went to the Yankees, and they were, he was, they, I think L.A. kind of thought he was on the, you know, probably on the downside of his career. And he went to the Yankees, and he's still doing great after, like, Oh, like, oh like, Hiroki Kuroda. Kuroda, that's it. Yeah. I was really sorry to see him go. A lot of fans are really sorry to see him go, but the management made this decision that, you know, he's probably he's probably not worth what he can get somewhere else, and, and he went. And now he's doing great. I think he's still doing pretty damn good. Yeah, he's he's worth uh, he's very serviceable. That's probably the yeah. best way to put it. He's, he 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 does the he does the job pretty well. So yeah, he's one of the more reliable guys they've got. Now yeah, so I, you, you get those, but yeah, and then other guys you don't you hear so much about. You know what that reminds me of? There was a there was a knuckleball pitcher in the minor leagues here that was a woman from Japan. Oh wow! And I, I can't remember her name. Um, oh man, I, I just I, I'm blanking on it. But this this girl watched video of uh, Wakefield and other people um, pitching knuckleballs. Yeah, and learned from watching the video. And then somehow she worked it so that she could come to the United States and she played for like these like you know um, single A and below teams for a while. And they, you know, they had to like let her take use of the showers before or after everybody else and all this. That's pretty wild. But she was like throwing decent, you know, she was she was good enough to be in games and throw knuckleballs against guys. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. You wonder if uh... she's back in Japan now. I think I, I looked her up the other day. I'm sure that yeah, I can see how she'd be like wildly popular in Japan. Uh... They like that kind of stuff. I don't know if she was wildly popular there. I have no idea what the press was on her, and it was just like this blip on the radar over here. But you know, it's I'm interested in such things, and I, I was I wanted to go see her. She was on a California team for a while, but I could never figure out exactly when she was going to pitch. Now, was it LA the team that had the female executive that people were saying was probably going to be the first female GM someday? I don't know where she went, but yeah, Kim Ng, who is, uh, that's a Korean name, NG. I saw her at a press conference they had for bloggers. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that, yeah. And they, and it was amazing. She's, there's just, you know, you ask us any question. There, people are asking these fascinating questions. This little kid, finally, he wanted to be a pitcher. And she said, he asked her, um, what do you, when you're going to sign a pitcher, what do you, what do you look for? And she said, strikes, throwing strikes is good. <laughs> First pitch strike, and then everybody she's like she said, first pitch strike is good, and everybody laughed. She goes, "Well, seriously, first pitch strike, you've got probably a your your you know possibility of striking a guy out or, or getting him out goes up by like you know fifty percent on a first pitch strike." And she said, "And the other thing, which is equally as important that nobody talks about, is somebody that is that doesn't let that can recover very quickly from 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 screwing up." Yeah, like somebody that just doesn't let doesn't let um, failure bother them. Like they'll somebody will hit a home run. It's like you got to stay in there and get that next person out. Quit whining, you know. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Quit whining. Get that next person out. Clean the slate mentally. She said that's hard to do. That's a, probably a lot harder than the first pitch strike. Hmm. Yeah, so, there was there was a guy in the minor. Really good insight into you know like what what people what scouts do and what they look for. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, there was a guy who was like supposed to be a hot prospect in the Red Sox minors like four years ago, and they brought him up and put him in like in the bases loaded situation against the Yankees, and he gave up a grand slam, and he was like never the same again. They've actually just traded him. 
uh, to San Diego, but he was just never the same. It was, it, it yeah, was they crazy. get the what's our, uh, the pitchers get the yips. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from, but I love that term. <laughs> <laughs> Got the yips and he couldn't pitch anymore. Y I P yips. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Rick Ankeel there, who ended up becoming an outfielder because he couldn't pitch anymore because he had the yips. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's he might have been the person they first started using that term with. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. Sounds like something that came from the 60s or something, though. But yeah. I have no idea. Now, I know you're on a tight schedule. you got to get to work uh, at some point. So I, I will, we will... Uh, in an hour. There you go. Well, we'll, we'll dive into the predictions because those usually take a little bit of time. So we'll, we'll start with the, uh, the National League because you're, you're based in the National League. So uh, in your quest to defend the crown, we, uh, we, we kick it off here with the, uh, the National League East. Who you got? Well, who do you think? It's what everybody else was going to say. D.C., Washington, Nationals. All right, yeah. Well, everybody backed them last year, and uh, they really uh, fizzled out. But I feel like they're going to they're going to come around again this year. So. Oh yeah, they'll 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 uh, what's it called? Not overperform. They will exceed expectations, or they're going to exceed what they did last year. It's just one of those teams that just sits there and kind of goes, you know, they got to make it, they got to make it, and then I think they're going to do it. Unlike the uh, the. Um, Athletics who are going to make it all the time and never do. Hmm. Although there's predictions they're going to do better this year, the, the athletics. Anyway, yeah, uh, D.C., Washington. Yes, yeah, so like a market correction for the for D.C., essentially. Yeah. Uh, National League Central. I hate to say it, and uh, we discussed them earlier, but uh, St. Louis. Yeah, they're hard to... They're hard to bet against every year. Yeah. I hope that they you don't. Can't, but... You're not going to go to Vegas and bet against them. Hmm. I keep waiting. I read a good article the other day... Uh, I keep waiting for the year that the Cubs are going to turn it around. It seems like now, now they're at least sort of putting a number on it. Now they're like, in about two years, the Cubs, the, then you'll really see them contending. So Yeah, ho- I think hopefully. it's based on their prospects who are like, they're really highly rated apparently. Yeah, and I guess uh, the article I read was like that the, the guys there, Theo and uh, I think Hoyer is the general manager, they're really good at flipping uh, they realize they're not going anywhere. So if anyone even remotely like overperforms, who's who's expendable, like a veteran or someone, you know, yeah, who, who's not going to be there in two years when they contend, they flip them yeah. imme- immediately and and then pick up like more prospects. So yeah, he learned he learned a lot in Boston. So now they're they're applying that in uh, Chicago. Uh, National League West seems like a no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my team, Dodgers. All right, there you go. Uh, the wild card, number one. Um, I got a weird one here. Uh, National League wild card? Yeah. And this is going to throw me out of the whole thing, and I'm just doing it because I want to be weird. San Diego. Wow. Wow. All right. Nice. We're starting off with some real uh, fireworks here. I like it. Yeah. I like it's, it. It's, gonna be a, it's, it's totally wrong, but for some reason my gut was like, well, why not? I can't disagree with you, not necessarily on the Padres part, but just in general. There's always two teams that get in there that we that no one, you know. I was I was I was slaughtered last year for saying the Red Sox were going to get the wild card. So yeah. I, you know, you just never you just never know uh, who's gonna who's gonna break out of the pack. Yeah. Uh, and then the other wild card for National League, National League wild card two. I couldn't think of anything, and I, I just did it just out of, well, I don't think they're going to make it in, but and it, it's still National League West, Arizona. All right. They, 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 they're kind of like the A's in a way. They're, they, they always sort of, uh, they kind of come in waves and, and, yeah, and, and I can't bubble wait. up. 
fights they have with the Dodgers this year. Yeah, that's a that's a feisty that's a feisty team. So it'll be, it'll be well, they had that great fight this last year. I mean, it's the biggest baseball fight I've ever seen. And everybody on both teams, and it wasn't one of those shirt pulling things. People were punching the crap out of people. Mattingly Is that the one where got like beat up? Uh, got that injured or something? Was like, earlier, that was with San Diego. He got okay. his collarbone broken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was like an entire bench clearing because like, I think the Arizona like uh, nailed somebody, or maybe the Dodgers did, and it was probably an accident. And then, yeah, and then Arizona, yeah, Dodgers nailed somebody, probably an accident. There was like a couple of words said. Then the Arizona came up and nailed somebody. It's like, okay, we're even now. And then later in the game, Arizona nailed uh, Granky in the back. Nice. Actually, they threw at his head. Oh, God, you don't want to do that. Yeah, so not only had it been evened up by having two guys plunked, they threw at the pitcher's head. And as soon as I saw Granky like hit the deck, I said, "That's a fight," and both benches emptied. Mattingly actually came out and picked up one of their base coaches bodily and threw him on the ground. Oh my god! <laughs> Did he get in trouble for that? What? Did he get in trouble? He must have got suspended or something, right? No, he didn't because everybody oh, wow. was stuff. There was like a couple of suspensions, but like so many people, Puig was going nuts. I was watching through. Uh, Binoculars and saw it. He was he was like they had to actually hold him back. Oh my god! But it was a free for all. Everybody was actually fighting, as as a, like I said, as opposed to like most fights where there's two guys fighting and a bunch of guys pulling each other's jerseys and yeah. laughing. <laughs> Damn, I don't I don't remember that. I'll have to look that one up. Um, right. Anyway, all right. The uh, the American League. We'll move over to the American League now. Uh, American League East. Uh, your team, Boston. All right, nice. Uh, American League Central. Detroit. There you go. Everybody's going to be saying Detroit, too. That was almost uh, universal. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna, this is going to be another one of those years where it comes down to, to the, some of the wild card picks and, and who got, who got uh, those type of things right. But the, uh, the American League West. Uh, Rangers. All right. Most okay. currently, they've, they've got everybody now. Yeah, that seems like the most... Uh, competitive of the two. I guess the East obviously is a is a, is a toss up. Uh, the American League Wild Card number one. Um, what did I write here? Royals. Wow. All right. Nice. I made the mistake of backing the Royals last year, so I'm not sure if I can give them the benefit of the doubt this year. But I'll be talking. Oh, so you got a bad taste in your mouth. I, yeah. I didn't get anything, and I'd like to see them do something. And I've seen some nice things written about them. It's like you know what? This is kind of a wish thing, not a not a sure thing. But it might, might be nice to see them beat the other wild card, which I put in, which is the Yankees. Well, in all the years we've been doing this, I think this is like our seventh year. Or yeah, and and it's amazingly in the seven years we've been doing this special. Uh, Baltimore's made it. Pittsburgh's made it back to the playoffs. I think Kansas City's the only team left that hasn't broken the, the, uh, you know, broken, broken out of the pack here, you know, gotten off the schneid and gotten back into the playoffs. So they're, they're due, I guess, in, in the annals of this show. Yeah. And the American League wild card two. Uh, Yankees. Alright. Okay. So I'd like to see somebody that never does anything beat the Yankees. It's another, like, wish. And I'm probably throwing myself out of contention by doing this. But, yeah, Royals over Yankees. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be one of those games that would be 
just an awesome game to watch because everybody would be cheering yeah. for the Royals. It'd be huge Put a like, nail in the New York things like what the Royals beat him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, okay, so the so who do you have to win the whole uh, National League? Well, um, well, a, a division series, the Tigers will probably throw the Royals out, and uh, ALCS Rangers over the Tigers. Okay, so you have the Rangers as the American League champs. Yes. Okay, and then in the National League, um, National League division, Cardinals over San Diego, championship series, um, revenge, LA over the Cardinals. All right. So you've got the Rangers against the against the Dodgers in the World Series, and who you got to win it all? Yeah, uh, Dodgers in seven. Dice. All right. All right. Uh, it was kind of a tough one between because I'm not sure about I don't I'm enough not enough of a stat baseball whatever person to know how well you know the Tigers are as opposed to the um, uh, Rangers. It'd be interesting to see a like an L.A. Detroit thing. That that would be pretty amazing. L.A. Texas is a little less interesting regionally, but yeah, I think it'll be L.A. and the Rangers. All right. Sounds good. Well, we have got the uh, the predictions on the record here, so we'll see if you can go back to back. <laughs> I seriously doubt it, but uh, who knows? Well, as like I said, we've been doing this for like seven years. Amazingly, I feel bad even saying it. I'll have to give him grief tomorrow night when I talk to him. But uh, everybody who has played, me, you, Dolan, Coleman, Offit, and Kimball have won. And poor Go Rightly is the only participant in the baseball special who has yet to win a year. So... Someone he's either going to double up or go rightly is going to win uh, for the first time ever. So we'll have I hope his so because you know he's 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 already had two um, Giants uh, World Series. So he gets amazingly close, like like the last couple of years. It's 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 heartbreaking in a way. He's far better at predicting these things than I am. In fact, I think most of the field is probably better at predicting these things than I am. But um, like like anything, it's uh, it comes down to. It, it comes down to luck in the end, so you don't know. Yeah, I mean, they looked at the, the – somebody compiled the ESPN predictions from last year uh, it, during the playoffs, and it was like they were nowhere near – like no one got any of the – you know, they got a lot of the teams right, but no one – you know, no one had the Red Sox winning the World Series. So, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a really – it's a crazy long season. It's very difficult to predict how it's going to shake out, unless in, in, unless there's some instances like Detroit where you're, it's a pretty safe bet. But yeah, Detroit or L.A. or uh, Boston, for that matter, Rangers, um, those are all pretty sure things. Hmm. A lot of people said that the that I was reading said that uh, Oakland would probably make it deep in the playoffs this year, but I doubt it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They always kind of they always kind of get there, but then never really do anything with their opportunity. But yeah, some for year some maybe reason, it'll be they different. just they can't handle the postseason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, now, before I let you go, uh, let's get the plugs in, of course. Radio Mysterioso, how's that going? What's going on there uh, with the program? Uh, we we got to reunite sometime. I'd love to come back on and uh, have another jam session. Okay. Uh, anytime you want, including next week. <laughs> I don't have anybody planned. That's that's how organized I am. I'll check it out and see what I'm up to, but uh, it may, it may okay. be possible. But All right. Show's um, going good? I'm, huh? Show's going well. I've, I've, been, I've been checking out some of your stuff. It's, it's been good through phases like I get real busy and I can't find anybody to be on the show so for like you know two three weeks or so I don't have anybody on or I'll miss a week here or there and then I'll get all into it and have more people so um, recently I've had 
uh, Nick was on, and we were both drunk doing the show, so it was funny. Nick kept making, I said, Nick, can you answer in the form of a chicken? And he kept making chicken noises through the whole time. <laughs> This is the only podcast interview you'll ever hear Nick do chicken impersonations through that. <laughs> um, uh, Albert Rosales, uh, uh, Humanoids uh, mm-hmm. website, was on again recently. Uh, uh, I had uh, Kurt Collins uh, talking about uh, the uh, Cash Landrum incident and his reassessment of that. Uh, Let's see, Micah Hanks was on last week. Nice. These nice. are shows, most of which I haven't posted yet. And then last night I talked to Chris O'Brien about his Stalking the Herd book, The Cattle Mutilation uh, uh, Magnum Opus, and his birthday's today, too. So. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, so that that's how the show's been going. I've had some people on, quality people, people I like. Yeah, sounds um, good. i got to give you kudos, too. I had Aaron Gullius on. Uh, I didn't realize he'd been on your show. Uh, I should have. Well, I, I knew it once I talked to him, but uh, great guest. Great great, uh, great thinker, Aaron. So Yeah, he's he's a fun guy, and he's, uh, he's, he's kind of on that same wavelength that we are. It's like it's real interesting. Um, certain aspects of the phenomenon are interesting, uh, more interesting than others. Who cares about sightings anymore? Let's look at the sociological, the psychological implications, the, the societal implications, and and uh, also a big a big uh, heap of um, good humor with it too, which yeah. is rare. Yeah, he's got a great perspective on things. So, um, all right. Well, on that note, I'll let you get going. Like I said, because you you got to get ready for work. So I, I really do appreciate. Folks don't realize it's like nine. 45 in the morning now uh, where Greg is. He actually did this show at 9 a.m. for us, so I really do appreciate it. He always goes above and beyond for the baseball special. I remember the year you were very ill, but I think I have it in the introduction to the thing where you're like, I would never miss the baseball special. And you're like, you're like, I'm like a dying man. It was, it was one of the best quotes I'd ever gotten for the show. It was just this like man who's in a lot of pain, and he's just like, I wouldn't miss the baseball special. <laughs> it's just like, oh God, bless him. So I really do appreciate uh, that you that you've gone once again above and beyond for the baseball special, and congratulations on winning the crown for 2013, man. Uh, it's just a just a great accomplishment. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> I said it's a bunch of luck and and probably you know just just stab in the dark guesses a lot of the time, and when you get down to real nitty gritty about stuff, exactly. Uh, when, when you know, especially these wild cards and all that. But yeah. Anyway, so it's a coin toss. But anyway, thank you very much, my friend, and we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, Tim. Enjoyed it. Bye bye. Bye. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special. And here now we bring in our Kansas City Royals representative, Jason Offit, another longtime friend of the program. He's been on a myriad of occasions here on the show. Taped shows, live shows, baseball specials. He's a utility player here for the BOA Audio family. So it's great to have him back on the show. we got lots to talk about here with the uh, 2014 season about to begin. So welcome back to the show, Jason. Tim, it is always a pleasure. Great to hear your voice, sir. Oh, thank you very much. I, I, you're, I, I saw you were listening uh, when we were doing a live show the other night. It was kind of funny uh, to <laughs> every every now and again to see a little a post from you about uh, the show as it was unfolding. So I'm glad you, you could enjoy it. Well, with with uh, younger ones, I usually 
don't stay up that late because everybody gets up really early. But uh, I just happened to be up because, hey, I'm on spring break this week, so why not? Nice. And uh, I, you were on, so uh, so I needed to listen. And, and you, you started off the episode with, with one of the most brilliant uh, you know, brilliant starts of any episode. You told the, the audience you just barfed. Thank you, thank you. Well, I figured I'd be honest with people in case it happened again. I was about to embark on t- two hours of live radio, and I had just thrown up. So it's like, oh, well, they, I better warn them ahead of time in case I have to, like, I already planned it with the uh, with with Lobo and Rogan. I was like, listen, here's my setup question. If I ask you this and you don't hear from me, that means I've run off to go vomit. So... Well, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you uh, one up you on that. Um, a uh, few years we've got uh, oh, history of uh, colon cancer in the family, so every few years got to go in and get the uh, get get the camera shoved up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. And in preparation for for a colonoscopy is the day before you don't eat anything, and you take take these powerful laxatives that can un- un- unclog an elephant. Yeah. Okay. So we had that all planned, and I had a radio interview that night. Oh boy, yeah, it was a very, very trying, uh, trying uh, interview. But uh, goodness, everything yeah. went off without a hitch. <laughs> no pun intended. No, no, it was plenty. They they had a number of commercial interruptions. So uh, yeah, that was that was. I thanked them. Oh, good. Was it like the uh, that movie Dumb and Dumber? It was a lot like the movie Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great scene. Um, now, what's going on here with the Royals? I, I, I believe I picked them for wild card last year. I haven't made my picks yet this year. They were in the hunt, though, for a while, right? I mean, they, they, they were kind of in the hunt this, this past season, right? They were, they were in the Yeah, mix. they, they were. We just, we just had a few things, a few things go, go wrong. We had, uh, one of our, our young pitching prospects that, uh, the Royals really liked, Danny Duffy. Um, he went down with an injury. He had to, uh, uh, he had Tommy John, Tommy John surgery. He's, he's back this year. Um, our former number one pick overall, Lou Kochaver, uh, we had to abandon him as uh, as a starter because he just was not getting the job done, and he he did pretty well as a, a middle, you know, setup guy. Um, and it was it was pitching. We have uh, you know Shields, um, who was was Jamie Shields all year, but hmm. uh, the rest of the I mean, we have to when you have to stick Bruce Chen in the in the rotation, you you got a problem with your pitching staff. That uh, coupled with uh, uh, guys who hit the year before uh, weren't hitting well. You know, there, Eric Cosmer and or yeah, Mustakas, and uh, even even Billy Butler wasn't wasn't hitting up to Billy Butler standards. So, lack of pitching, lack of offense, just yeah. just killed us. Now, did you now now that the season's in the books? Do you, in retrospect, are you happy or disappointed with the trade that they made, where they sent that guy down to Tampa Bay, who I think he won the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Will, Will Myers. Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not upset at all. I wasn't really upset uh, at the time. You know, we we got pitching. We needed pitching. We had to give up something for it, and 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 he's the guy we gave up. Yeah. Okay. Now I was looking here. I I, I frequent uh, MLBTradeRumors.com, which is a great website. I recommend it for folks, especially in the off season. Now, right now, it's not. It's sort of getting folks ready for the uh, season to start. And I was looking at the off season in review for the Royals before we sat down. I thought that in the overview, the final section here, I thought this was uh, interesting. I'll throw this at you. It says, to call this a make-or-break season for the Royals could be an understatement. This is likely the team's last season with its best pitcher, and arbitration raises plus guaranteed raises to players on multi-year deals could prevent them from spending too freely on next year's open market. Uh, but later it says, uh, if, if everything kind of 
uh, falls the right way, they could give the Tigers and Indians a run for their money in the AL Central. Failing that, a coveted wild card spot certainly isn't out of the question. Royals fans could, at long last, see an unthinkable 28-year postseason drought come to an end in 2014. So, the saying make or break season here. Is that, is that how you feel? You know, we haven't been to the postseason, as the article said, in 28 years. So, um the only make or break would be for uh, for the manager and, and probably the, uh, the the general manager. Uh, the, we're, we're we're so used to the Royals sucking. You know, last year was was phenomenal. Yeah, that was almost the equivalent of a make than a break. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that's but the first winning sorry. season since two thousand three, and I'm not don't remember what, what winning season we had before then. But. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, it seems like, uh, well, I think part of the problem in a way, and not, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a problem, but part of, I guess, the the complicating matters for the Royals was that the Indians kind of, they had a little bit of a, a renaissance or a rebirth under Terry Francona. So they, I think maybe if they hadn't surged back up, the Royals would have done a little bit better and maybe ended up uh, getting that wild card spot that the Indians did. So who knows? Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I don't. It, it, I'm at least my, for my prediction this year, they're not going to have have that problem with the with the Indians. You think the Indians are going to come back to earth? Yes, I think so. Uh, I mean, the Royals are still going to have. Uh, they're not going to be able to take uh, overtake Detroit, but uh, you know, I, I think I, I've got them solidly in the number two spot in the uh, in the uh, in the AL Central. Nice, nice. Well, they seem like uh, they they seem poised. I was uh, I talked to Greg earlier today, and it was uh, I was saying to him because he uh, he was bullish on the Royals, and I was saying we've been doing this show, this baseball special, for seven years now, and in the in the seven years we've been doing the show, uh, even the Orioles and and last year the Pittsburgh Pirates made the playoffs. The the Royals are the last team left, I think, amongst the amongst the baseball teams that haven't uh, broken through yet in the years we've been doing this. So they're due. No, overdue. Oh, I definitely well, agree with overdue, yeah. Overdue. <laughs> Let me see if there's any uh, – did anything happen in the offseason that sparked you as particularly interesting? Well, you're, you're a down-to-earth guy. What do you think of this whole thing? I didn't get a chance to talk about it with Craig. It's kind of outside the realm of what uh, – uh, of of the AL Central talk we're having here right now, but I, I I was really blown away that Robinson Cano just took all that money to go play for the Mariners, who are perpetually terrible, and I just can't imagine that if they ever get it together, it's going to be like three years from now, maybe four. It just seems kind of ridiculous. It I, it was just seemed like such a money grab and and, and short sighted on his part. But I mean, what do you think? Well, well, I mean, no, absolutely not. I mean, it, it's all that money. That, that's all. That's all it is. Mm. I mean, it is, is <clears throat> Seattle's a nice place. It's going to be a nice place. You know, a nice place to live. He's not going to be as scrutinized as he was in New York, and he's still going to put up numbers. So I don't see. Maybe he's a big Starbucks fan. I don't know. Yeah, but he's. Uh, I mean, he's, he's not going to not going to win a title there. Of course. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, it's I mean, like he's getting paid. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So just get the yeah, money I, when you can. If you if you're if you're of that elite level and you can get like tens of millions extra, you just go for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people some people are driven by winning. Some people are driven by money. Maybe he's driven by money. All right. Now, what do you think of the? Because uh, you're an old school baseball fan, you've been watching for a long time. That's another thing I haven't got a chance to talk about with anybody yet. Uh, this year, we're yeah, gonna... so old school. I'll tell you how old school. Uh oh. I watched. I watched um, uh, Lou Pinella's rookie season. 
I remember you. This is one of your points of pride here on the show. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so you saw his rookie season all the way. So you followed him from from a from a player. I think I don't know if he did. He get in the Hall of Fame this year? Was he one of the three? I'm trying to remember who the. Frankly, I don't. Oh remember. no, it wasn't. It was Joe Torre, uh, uh, Larusa, and um, the guy from the Braves there. So yeah, I guess I can't say I was following him because I was four, but I remember going to a couple of games, and my dad kept saying, "You just watch this kid. He's he's going to be good." Well, I guess that yeah. Well, see, the thing is, you saw him. You saw him as a rookie all the way through uh, player to manager, then now retired manager. So that's yeah. quite, that's quite a journey. Um, God, I'm old. What do you? <laughs> What are your prospects for the addition of uh, the replay this year? Uh, we just seem to see how that all plays out. Are you are you enthused by this, or you think it's just going to be another thing that's kind of overdone? No, I'm I'm indifferent. Uh, I mean, I was indifferent when when we had a replay, and you know when they when they installed it in the NFL, and and then it's it's you know at least proven in the NFL. Sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. The the one thing I'm uh, predicting about about the replay is is managers are going to keep screw, they're going to screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's brand new. It's bound to happen. I'm already weary because uh, they're saying, like, being from Boston, I'm I'm naturally uh, I have a natural dis dislike for the manager of the Rays, who's actually pretty brilliant. But since he's the manager of the Rays, I have to hate him. And, well, exactly. Yeah, and they're already saying like he's already because he's like really innovative, and uh, they're saying he's already coming up with ways to use the replay to his advantage. I don't know exactly how. I don't know, warm up the guy in the bullpen or something by calling for an arbitrary replay so that they get an extra three minutes to warm up the guy in the bullpen. I don't know what, you know, this is why I'm not a baseball manager because I don't know how I'd use it to my advantage, but he, he is already coming up with ways to do so. So hopefully I don't go crazy pulling my hair out in anger. Where, you know, what, what are you calling for a replay for? That's not fair. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But it probably yeah, right. What, your hair? No, no, no. Keep your hair as long as you can. <laughs> the misuse of replay, I'm afraid it will happen, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. If it if it gets well, go ahead. If it's if, you know, if it if it if it's not if it's not against the rules, I mean why not? No, I know. Yeah. That's classic baseball, absolutely. Yeah. But uh I lost my Oh yeah, if it, if it can if it can prevent a situation like that guy that lost the perfect game a few years ago. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember who the who, I don't remember who the pitcher was. But uh, yeah. Galarraga was the guy. He and he never recovered. He never really, uh, you know. I think he ended up down in the minors, and I don't even know if he still pitches anymore. But it was a it was a, that was a disaster. So. Yeah. Well, and I just, I mean, I, I, well, with, with, with Royals history, you know, let's go back to game six of the 1985 World Series when there was a uh, bad call at first base, and the Royals caught a break. And he ended up winning the game and winning, winning the series over, series over the Cardinals. I mean, it, it, replay could go any either way, but the one thing I'm going to like about it is um, it's going to remove the infallibility of, of umpires. Hmm. Okay? They're not the freaking Pope. Okay, they make mistakes. I mean, we—I'm uh, not sure how it is uh, in, in other ballparks, but at Kauffman Stadium, if there's a bad call, they don't show it up on the on the jumbotron. They just because the umpires, you know, they don't want to make them look bad. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's I think that's uh, policy around the majors. Mm-hmm. But you you made an interesting point though. I didn't think of it until you said that though. It, it does take away that 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 sort of uh, Schadenfreude 
joy of when the umpire gets the call wrong in your favor, which is always great. Because you feel like, cause you like, feel like you got away with something, even though you have nothing to do with it. You're like, ah, yes! Oh, yeah, we got that, man. Now, that, that'll that go away. But I guess it'll also take away the, the other end of that when you're like, oh, man, what the hell, dude? It's bullshit. So yeah, come on. Just think how you feel when uh, when when another team scores against uh, against the Patriots, and uh, you know Belichick calls for uh, you know he, he throw, throws out the flag, and they do the replay, and no, 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 he was he was out. So they rip those points off the board. That's a great feeling. I, yeah, that is true. That is true. So we'll see. Oh, I know. I remember now what the uh, what the trick was that Joe Madden came up with. Apparently, now even on the. Even when someone makes the final out of the inning, he has the base runners keep running in case the final out is overturned, that the base runners will get the additional bases because they were still running. So, I don't know. Look for that. It sounds like Little League, but that's I, all right. I, I yeah. know. It's a, it's a, that, that, that's why they call him a genius, I guess. Uh, what about this uh, Vargas guy? That's the that's the new signing they got to. Uh, who, who did they get him to replace? Let, let me see here. Who they? Uh, I guess they got him to replace Urban Santana. So I don't know much about uh, Jason Vargas. Is he any good? Four years, uh, thirty-two million. It says it's it's all right. Uh, place filler. I think he'll probably do uh, do as well or better than than Santana would because Santana goes. He has good years and he has a couple of crappy years in a row. I'm I'm a lot more uh, excited about oh, what the hell's the name of this kid? Aoki? Oh, we, huh? Aoki? Aoki? No, no. I'm, uh, I'm no. Uh, I'm, well, I'm excited about him. I mean, we, we've got uh, you know a legitimate leadoff hitter, uh, which which I'm excited. But a pitcher? Oh, I can't believe I can't think of this guy's name. Is it Jordano Ventura? That guy. He's 22. He he he's got a hundred mile an hour fastball. And he's he's got a couple other pitches. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see this guy pitch. Yeah, that was he's uh he's prominently mentioned here in the preview that uh that if he comes on strong that that could be a real uh, game changer for them. So I'll just keep an eye out for him. Jordano Ventura. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never heard of this Aoki guy, but they seem pretty bullish on him too. So sounds like they made some good moves. Sometimes you got to like, it's sometimes it's the guys you never heard of that end up being the ones that turn out to be pretty awesome. Right. Well, I I think I mean going going back into Royals history in, in 1985, we had um, we had a bunch of really really young kids on our on our pitching staff. We had uh, uh, Brett Saberhagen, Bud Black, uh, God, who was the other one? Somebody, somebody else was in their rookie year or the second year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it wasn't a bunch of you know long established pitchers in there, you know, throwing the ball. There were a bunch of a bunch of kids. So yeah, I agree with that completely. Now, do you get a chance? I, I'm sure I've asked you this in the years we've done the show, but I don't recall now. Do you get a chance to get to many games? I don't know how far you are from Kansas City anymore. Well, I yeah, I I was about 25 minutes from the stadium. Now I'm two hours. Oh geez. Uh, I usually go to about one a year. Uh, I, I don't know. I used to uh, working in a newspaper. I used to cover uh, Royals and Chiefs games. So I was at eighty-one games a year. I was at you know, yeah, um, you know, every 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 um, preseason uh, and, and postseason. Not many of the games of the Chiefs. So you know, just if I can just sit back at home, enjoy my own beer on my That's own couch. True. Did they ever I'll do that? Did they ever send you to spring training? No, I never went to spring training. Oh, that would be cool, I bet. 
Now, I got a, I got a really good friend who lives in Florida, and uh, he sends me all sorts of spring training pictures from down there of him uh, drinking beer at two o'clock in the afternoon while it's. You know, I got a foot foot of snow up here in Missouri. That's that's a great friend. Oh, I know. Well, can you imagine <laughs> if they paid you to get down there and just watch oh, me? Be- Baseball all day? <laughs> Getting paid to watch baseball all day would be great. Yeah, in Florida in the winter. It would be awesome. Yeah. Well, the Royals are in, in, have been in Arizona for the last time. Oh, okay. Right? So you'd be going to Arizona, yeah. I wouldn't care. Yeah, hey, still still pretty nice, so. Uh, let me see if there's anything else going on here. They extended Ned Yost. Do you like Ned Yost? I don't know too much about him, but it seems like they stuck with him for a while. You don't see much turnover there, as far as I can recall, at Kansas City. It's not like some of these other places, like Cleveland or Seattle, where they roll over a manager every couple of years. Yeah, he's been there for, I think, five five years. That's pretty good for there. Yeah, I mean, he did a uh, decent job. Where the hell was he? Milwaukee, I think, before Kansas City. That sounds right. He was doing a, yeah, he was doing, doing a decent job when uh, when Milwaukee fired him. But, uh, yeah, I'd be kind of indifferent toward him as well. I mean, he's done, he's got our first winning season in 10 years last year. Um, let's give him another year or two. There you go. All right. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's, he's one of those, one of those managers that's just ele- electric in post-game interviews. Yeah, by that I mean I want to go to sleep. What's that? I said, I said he's electric in post-game interviews. By that I mean he makes me want to sleep. Yeah, that's how I was just confused there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in the yeah, like watching paint dry. Exactly, exactly. I miss miss the days of the uh, I don't know, it was two thousand one maybe. Hal McRae, who was a you know great Royals DH back in the back in the seventies and and early eighties. He was the manager of the Royals for a while, and he'd scream, do shit like he threw a telephone at a reporter once. Oh God. And this is this is you know not a not a cell phone. This is one of those that was plugged into a wall. He yanked it out of the wall and tossed it at a reporter. That's the kind of shit I want to see from my manager. There you go. Yeah. Now we you it says here that they made a pretty they made a pretty uh, dogged pursuit of Carlos Beltran. Uh, are you happy or disappointed that he didn't end up uh, with the Royals? Uh no, I'm I'm not I'm I'm happy. I'm not well. I don't know if I should say I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not. I'm not disappointed. I didn't really expect him to come back. Okay. I mean, we we had Beltran for a while, and uh, uh, he did like a you know Johnny Damon and how many other players they went to went to greener pastures and yeah. I don't. I don't. Frankly, I I would rather give uh, give younger kids younger kids a spot instead of bringing him back. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it, it seems like you'd want to you want to spend the money maybe on pitching than. Somebody like that right now. That's what I would do, at least. Oh, exactly, exactly. The, the pitching is what's killed the Royals for years. Do you think they're going to be able to keep James Shields after the season's over, or do you think he's going to move on to? It sounds like, given the way pitching is, I feel like he'll probably get someone will overspend for him. So that's what that, that's why I'm I'm pessimistic that they'll keep him, just because it seems like that seems to happen a lot. If you're a middle of the road pitcher. You get an insane amount of money, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I I don't know, but there have been. I mean, every once in a while, there's a player that'll just stick in Kansas City because it's it's a nice town. It's a nice place to live. It sounds pretty nice. I seems like the kind of place I I do all right in. It's not doesn't sound too crazy or uh, or violent or anything like that. So it it's laid back and everybody smiles, and uh, we still hold the door open for ladies. Exactly. So I think I do all right there. Are you ready for predictions? If you're ready, I am. All right. You came very close last year. Uh, Bishop just edged you out 
narrowly. He he squeaked by you and me at the end, so uh, you were very close. And you are a former champion here. Uh, let me see what year you won. You were uh, the 2011 champion, so we're looking at a possible uh, double champion for the first time ever this year, unless Go Rightly finally gets on the board. So well, let's let, let's do this. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I got a bullseye on Bishop. We'll 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 take care of this. All right, there we go. Uh, we'll start in the American League East. Who you got? I have got uh, your Boston Red Sox. All right, nice. Uh, the American League Central. Uh, Detroit Tigers. All right. American I was League. happy when Prince Fielder left. You were or you still, weren't? I was. I was delighted when Prince Fielder uh, took off to, for, for Texas. But, uh, I mean, they, they still have, still have more firepower power than the Royals do, so gotta got to go with Detroit. Now, why were you happy? Uh, it seems like he was, seemed like, 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 obviously he's a monster hitter, but it seemed like at times he was more of a detriment than a help. Uh, they were happy to get rid of him. Uh, if, they were, if they were happy to get rid of him in Detroit, I'm surprised that you would, were happy that he left. Well, because he is a monster hitter. Hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, it's, everybody can have a great year, especially somebody who's, you know, has the potential to have a great year every year. Yeah, that's true. Plus, you got to play him all the time. It's not like it's uh, in the central and everything. You're going to see him all the time. So you see him right, like the exactly. Red Sox would or, or people in the playoffs. Uh, American League. So we got the Red Sox in the east and the Tigers in the central. Uh, American League West. I'm putting the Rangers. All right. I picked the Rangers uh, to win the West last year, and you asked me if I really wanted to do that. I believe that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up division, so it'll be interesting to see. I haven't done my picks yet, but I think I will after I get off the phone with you because I got, I'm starting to come together on who I think is going to go this year. Uh, the American League Wild Card won. Kansas City Royals. All right. Nice. All right. Uh, and the American League Wild Card 2. I am sticking the Oakland Athletics in. Okay. All right. And in the National League, for the National League East, who you got? Uh, Nationals are going to have have a bounce back year. They sorely underperformed last year. Okay. Uh, National League Central, the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. What is going on now? You're you're in Missouri. I, it, it seems like there's finally been the the national backlash against the Cardinals uh, after they made it to the World Series this year. Uh, people finally kind of got sick of them. I noticed, or at least on Deadspin, which I frequent. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we still on a national level. I don't know. There's still tons of Cardinals fans uh, here. Uh, Cardinals fans are, are obnoxious. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I think the national media finally picked up on this. They call themselves the best fans in baseball, and also they're hooey. So I think people were like, "We're sick of seeing these guys in the World Series all the time." I know I am. Right. I I equate Cardinals fans with uh, 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 Nebraska Cornhusker football fans, Kansas Jayhawk basketball fans, and Dallas Cowboy fans. So it was like front runners. Yeah, they're they're the most obnoxious fans in their respective sports. All right, there you go. I don't know. Yeah, Cowboys fans. I don't know why I wouldn't be a fan of the Cowboys. They they stink, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I, even when I was a kid, they were, uh, you know, that's when they called themselves America's team, and I'm like, I didn't vote for that shit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so you have the Cardinals in the Central. What about the National League West? Uh, the Dodgers. All right. 
Very similar to Bishop so far, but a few a few uh, changes. National League wild card uh, number one. Uh, wild card one. I'm sticking in the Atlanta Braves. All right. And the National League wild card number two. The I'm going to go with the Pirates. All right. Nice. Now we, we I think this is the second. This is I think this will be the third year they've done the uh, wild card play in game. Do you like that format? I've kind of come around to it. I do like it, but I haven't fallen victim to it yet, where that my team gets in the play-in game and loses. So maybe when that happens, I'll change my mind. But well, I, I like it because I mean, you get you get more teams in. I just I won't like it if they if they pick you know two more wild cards per division. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. But I wouldn't but, mind I mean, like a three-game series instead of just a play-in game. But then again, there's a lot of drama with the play-in, so I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I mean, one, one and done, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like up until what, up until they brought in the double wild card, it seemed like for like three or four years there was, there was a tie anyway. So they had those play-in games. So people kind of got used to it. If you want to, if you want to talk conspiracy, maybe that was what <laughs> they were conditioning us to get ready for a second wild card. Um. Okay, so we got Major League Baseball is a nefarious organization. I would not doubt that. There's a guy that writes uh, sports conspiracy. I I think I might get him on the show sometime. He does a lot of these uh, potential conspiracy theories. So that sounds awesome. I know. I just discovered him the other day. Uh, I got I got to get in touch with him. I might have him on the show. Have you ever had the guy on? I don't think so. The guy who uh, uh, preaches a conspiracy theory that Stephen King, not Mark David Chapman, assassinated John Lennon. I've heard him. He, I, I remember when Ian Punnett used to host Coast to Coast. He would somehow find his way on to calling in, and to the to the point where Ian like knew who he was because the guy would like the they could be talking about you know the Voynich manuscript, and somehow the guy would turn it into this Stephen King theory, and Ian and Ian would be like, ah, oh, really? He's like you again. Are you really? He's like, well, why you're calling with this theory again, dude? Like, we've we've gone over this. It's like, don't call in during <laughs> during just call in during pure open lines if you want. Don't call don't call in when the guest is here to talk about your your theory. This is crazy. But I was nothing beats a good conspiracy theory for me. That I've, in fact, matter of fact, I've listened to your uh, Elvis is not dead. Uh, uh, interview at least six times. Nice, nice. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. I didn't realize there was such meat to the Elvis uh, conspiracy. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, all right, so who do you have winning the uh, the American League uh, championship? Uh, Boston. Wow. All right. Okay. Don't don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. Oh. And uh, the National League, uh, Los Angeles. All right. And then uh, the whole thing. Who do you have winning it okay. all? Dodgers. All right. Okay. Who did we have here for your wild cards? I'm trying to remember now. The uh, the Braves? Uh, we had the Braves and the Pirates, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. I remember you saying that. Just wanted to make sure. Um, all right. So you got the Dodgers going all the way. Interesting. All right. A lot of people are bullish on them this year, so we'll see if uh, if they get it together. Let's, uh, let's uh, you know, I would love to see the Dodgers and the Royals uh, Royals meet up in the World Series and, uh, and have people confused, uh, you know, because their uniforms look so damn much alike. That's what I was thinking when you were about, before you said that. I was like, that before you could finish, I was thinking to myself, that would be confusing. Those uniforms look pretty similar. Yeah. All right. Well, consider, yeah, you and, you and Kaufman basically, you know, we just basically copied the Dodgers. 
Dodgers uniforms intentionally. Is that true? Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm confused. So wait a minute. The, uh, something popped up on my computer. The Dodgers stole the the, the Dodgers. No, 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 no. Uh, the, the 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 owner of the Royals loved the Dodgers uniforms oh. and modeled the Royals uniforms after the Dodgers. Oh, back when the Dodgers were in New York, I presume then. No, this would have been 1969. When did the Dodgers move? Already... Oh, I'm out of my element. I don't know. You're out of your element, Donnie. I don't know. I don't. I don't know when the Dodgers moved. I don't think they did it in my lifetime. Okay. Confused myself there. Um. All right. <laughs> well, now that we got the predictions in the books, uh, what's going on with you? What, what do you have cooking? Anything exciting uh, on the horizon that BOA audio listeners should know about? Well, I just uh, last week signed a uh, signed a new contract. I'd written a, uh, a zombie apocalypse novel, and the publisher liked enough. They offered me a three book deal. Awesome! Wow! Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. you know, my my first uh, first novel comes out in uh, 2015. Uh, the sequel comes out the next year, and I uh, sold them a standalone book that um, I know I've talked to you about before. I just hadn't found a publisher that I liked yet, uh, uh, how to kill, um, how to kill monsters with, uh, household, basic items. Household, household items. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. What's the, what, what can you tell us about the 2015 book? Do we have a title or anything yet? It's already done, I assume, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's finished. Uh, I mean, I still gotta, you know, make edits and things and we're still talking about the title. The one I proposed is the killing. Oh, nice. All yeah. Right. Lots of, lots of death. Nice. Well, you know, Zombie book. That could be movie rights time. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. There was a, uh, yeah, I've got my fingers crossed. That would be awesome. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll actually be able to retire at some point. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. My, my <laughs> retirement, my retirement plans were dropping dead during a lecture in front of a classroom of freshmen. <laughs> so things are looking up. Yeah, things are looking up. Yeah. Oh man. Now, what about on the paranormal front? I know you still you still got some stuff going on, posting at uh, Mysterious Universe, so folks can check that out. And uh, any any other stuff on the horizon for for paranormal, or maybe even uh, I know we talked about um, talked about your travel log uh, last last summer. So what about what about uh, anything in that realm? Yeah, well, yeah, my, my travel log, um, across a corn swept land, an epic beer run through the upper Midwest, uh, was published last June. And, uh, it's a humorous take on a bunch of weird shit I discovered in, uh, Missouri, Iowa, and Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway finished with a, uh, travel log on a trip, uh, the trip to England that I took last year. Yeah. That, but I did not moon Stonehenge like you did, so I don't really have that story to go, go with. Well, well. There's always, it's been around forever. There's always plenty of time and chances to do so. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Well, folks can uh, keep track of your stuff. Uh, what's what, what hub should we send them to to keep track of your stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, Jason, do you have a jasonoffa.com or try to remember where we're Well, I, 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 yeah, I do. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't, my, my webmaster's, uh, actually getting his PhD, so he hasn't had time for like two years to, to update it. Uh, I, I from post the stuff that, yeah, I just might, might as well do from, from the shadows. All right. I, I don't post a lot there anymore, but I, uh, I mean, all my contact information and all my book links are there. 
Nice, nice. And generally, when you have something coming up, you post there. Uh, or you maybe link over to new articles at uh, Mysterious Universe, so folks can check that out as well. So, All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming back on the baseball special. Much appreciated. Congrats again on this book deal. I really uh, i am thrilled for you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, when I was ten years old, my somebody asked me what I wanted to do when I when I you know, grew up. I said I want to write novels. Well, it's not not too late. Yeah, yeah, it's well deserved, man. It's really, uh, really is. It's well deserved. So congratulations again. All right, thank you. And thanks for coming back on the show, Tim. Anytime you want to have me back on, I love I love having our conversations. Always, always, my friend. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special with one of my favorite experts that we feature here every year on the program. He is, of course, the illustrious Adam Gorightly. I can't even uh, put him over enough. He's been on the show a million times. He's an old friend. He's actually stayed here at BOA HQ, so it's hard for me even to introduce him. We've been talking already for the last five minutes, so now we figure uh, we should probably get started before we look at the clock, and it's an hour later. So welcome back to the show, Adam. It's been way too long. I realized this uh, as I was putting everything together and getting back in touch with you to have you on. I was like, Jesus, Adam hasn't been on since the last baseball special, and here we have been doing the live show for so long. So uh, yeah. I, I foresee many return appearances to BOA Audio in your future, but welcome back for now for the 2014 yeah, baseball yeah. special, brother. Thanks. Uh, I've got a bunch of books that will be coming out. That's kind of why I haven't been uh, bugging you about uh, coming back on. I want to get some of these things uh, out to the public, and they'll be out. We can talk about that later or whenever. But uh, I'll have a couple books coming out this year. And uh, in the introduction, you uh, announced me as a, uh, or described me as an expert. Yes, that was facetious. Ex- 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 expert in <laughs> what? <laughs> you hold a dual specialization in the esoteric and baseball. You're one of the, yeah, we've, we've only been able to find five or six, seven people that we can talk to. I'm an, <laughs> I'm an expert in losing. I think I'm the only one who's hasn't won this thing, right? I didn't want to bring it up, but I did mention it to Greg when we started the show. Yeah, yeah. You're the only one left. Everyone else has uh, claimed the championship except for you, so it's either going to be historic this year. Either someone's going to double up for the first time ever or uh, or you're going to get on the board. But you came so close last year. You've come close the last two years. It's insane. Yeah, real close. It came down to whatever the last... Uh... Yeah, I think it was like the play-in game. It was like if you won that one, if one team won, you were going to go all the way, and if the other one, uh, Bishop did. So it was crazy. Yeah, and worst worst of all, Kimball beat me two years ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I mentioned that. I mentioned it to Greg because because uh, that was the year the Giants won, and you you said you'd take it. So, but uh, unfortunately, the Giants. Uh, I was checking here just now. Not too not too well last year. Uh, what ten games under five hundred? So. No, they had a tough year because of uh, whatever uh, you know. Probably uh, championship hangover. That's the word I was looking for. I'm fishing for words right now. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Let me take another uh, drink of beer. There you go. Um, I'm feeling sharp myself, so we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, part, part of the deal with the uh, Gigantes was uh, injuries, you know. Of course, that happens to everybody, and uh, some people were thinking that uh, they were kind of, yeah, hangover a little bit burned 
bummed out. They'd been in the, uh, you know, one, two World Series over the uh, course of uh, three seasons. Then they had some players that were in the, uh, you know, that whatever they called that, that international series. Uh, oh, the baseball had, classic. So yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, the uh, pundits were saying, yeah, they might have had that hangover going. Then they had some key injuries with Angel Pagan. He's kind of the motor that makes them run. He was he got knocked out early in the uh, season with a hamstring or something, so he was gone most of the season. And uh, yeah, a few other uh, things. It, you know, it's just uh, they basically going into this year. They have uh, a lot of this, you know, basically the same uh, starting lineup that uh, won the uh, championship a couple of years ago. You know, of course, they're get, get all getting older and that going on. But, uh, you know, you still have basically the same pitching lineup. They added Tim Hudson. Mm. So if those guys can regain a bit of their glory, if they were to see how much they still have in the tank. They're all, you know, relatively uh, young pitchers. Kane and Lincecum, they're uh, really, you know, in their prime, or they should be, around 30 or so. Then uh, got Bumgardner, who's a young uh, stud. Uh, Vogel's, Vogelsong, we'll see how he bounces back. That was another thing. He was injured a lot of last year. Then Tim Hudson. So yeah, you know, uh, when they were, won the World Series two years ago, that was considered the best uh, pitching staff uh, going. So as long as you got good pitching, you're uh, in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we uh, talked about this before, but it's it's gotten even more dramatic with the uh, the Dodgers. They, they actually saw the news today that they for the I think they broke the Yankee streak of like 15 years of being the highest paid team in baseball. So now you guys have to compete with this crazy, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> money pit team in your division. Spending money like drunken sailors. It's pretty wild. It's pretty. Uh, it's 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 stunning to see uh, this team emerge and spend all this money. So. Oh yeah, I really I'd love to see them crash and burn. They could. Sometimes these these teams that are put together with these multi you know super uh, contract players like Toronto, they kind of fall apart. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. It's it's it. You wonder if it's sort of like this. Well, obviously it's the competitive nature. I mean, San Francisco they won two championships in like the last five years, and you know I'm sure L.A. has to try and keep up. Um. Yeah, it's not like uh, San Francisco doesn't have some money to spend. <laughs> they're they're you know they're one of the top payrolls. They're not uh, throwing around money money like the uh, Dodgers are, but I think you know they're in the top five uh, payrolls and you know won the uh, two World Series and that new new I say the stadium's over ten years old now, but you know they've they've been real successful. So they've kept every year they've been. Uh, increasing their payroll and they're re-signing uh, their key players, you know. Yeah, that's the that's what uh, I was looking at this article here, uh, the off-season in review. I already plugged them. I'll keep plugging them, I guess, because uh, I've used them for reference here on the show mm-hmm. a couple times now. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors is the website I go to. They do a nice off-season review, and they point out that the that the the uh, Giants' strategy seems to be sort of locking down these significant core players. Uh, yeah. The next one on the list is uh, Sandoval, and uh, this is the Kung Fu Panda, I believe. Yeah, and who you know has 
had issues with his weight, but during the off season he uh got down to his old uh, fighting weight. <laughs> you know, coming back lean and mean and while well, he's going into his contract year too. So there are some uh, reservations with some people because he's done this before. He's lost a lot of weight and he fell off the wagon, got chubby again, but uh you know, the guy is talented. He saw what he did in the World Series a couple of years ago. So right now, that's he's the one they're looking at re-signing. They made made an offer, and the first offer seemed uh, a bit of a low ball. So we'll see what happens uh, here. If uh, they want to sign him, you know, before he goes into free agency, because they'll be able to save some money. So Yeah. What does he play, first we'll see base? What happen- What's that? First base. No, he's the uh, third baseman. Oh, okay. And, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, talking about, uh, payrolls and all that type of stuff, that part of the Giants do well is with marketing. You know, you've seen the, uh, panda hats and all this. They, he's been a great market, you know, mm. not only can he be a hell of a player, but like Lincecum, people, you know, come to see this guy. So that weighs in the, uh, process too of re-signing your part of it's you know obviously to put together a winning team but uh, the other part of it is the uh, marketing these guys right you can pay more for them because then a, a part of his uh appeal pays for itself in a way well you, you, you gotta overpay to <laughs> sign people it seems like yeah a lot of people were saying they overpaid uh, pence but to get uh, Hunter Pence back, but I'm glad they did. That guy, <laughs> you know, hmm. he uh, gives 150% or 200% when he plays, you know. And so you want guys like that, and he's still relatively young. So uh, basically with these free agents, you got to overpay, and if it's somebody you feel comfortable with who's been successful, they won a World Series with them, well, yeah, yeah. Why, why not if you got the money? I mean, it's not my money, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were making a note here of the, uh, the Lipscomb deal was, they said was pretty unique because it's two years for 35 million, which is like an insane. Yeah. Like a short, a really remarkably short contract for a remarkable amount of, a uh, high amount of money. I think they said he was like in the top 10 of annual value and most of those guys who make that kind of money are usually locked into insane Dumb deals. So it's actually probably a good idea on their part to just get him for two years, see how it goes. You know, instead of these guys that get signed for like five or six years, yeah. and they, you get maybe three good years, and then the last two are terrible, and you're trying to unload them all the time. I mean, in the thinking, there part of it too. I'm sure is say, hey, let's reward this guy. He's won. Uh, we've won two World Series with him, two Cy Youngs. Uh, you know, he's had his ups, up and downs the last few years, but. Uh, you know, he's been great for the franchise, so, you know, they felt like they probably could <laughs> overpay him some because they wanted him back and felt he was important. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. Winning, and once again, uh, people love coming out and seeing the guy. He's the freak, right? Yeah. And, um, he, you know, he went, uh, the last few years has been kind of tough. Even the uh, when they won the World Series a couple of years ago, he had the... Uh, he had a tough season, but then in the postseason, he, did, you know, came in, and that's when he came in and did relief in those big games. Mm, and, uh, yeah. And then uh, last year, the whole the whole conversation about him is that he has to reinvent himself. So he's been going through that process, and 
a lot of the uh, pundits, people who talk about this, think that he uh, might have uh, starting to get over the hump now because he doesn't have the velocity, so he, ha he has to learn how to uh, pitch, and it seems like the second half of the last season he was figuring that out. That's when he had a no-hitter, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's been doing that, different yeah. conditioning stuff, so we'll uh, see. Yeah, it'd be great to see him uh, recapture some of that freaky brilliance. Yeah, yeah. He could be one of those guys that says he's 29. He could be one of those guys that uh, has an amazing also back half of his career, you know. Mm -hmm. So they... Uh, they evolve into even better pitchers because they start mixing in other pitches and doing all kinds of stuff where you're like, oh, my God, he's, you know, five years later, he's still uh, one of the best guys in the game. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's put together a Hall of Fame career. Well, I think the Giants are kind of set up like that. They're, they remind me of uh, their pitching staff is like the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Would, maybe not as good as those guys, but they got the, their pitching coach is Dave Rigetti. Hmm. Who's been there forever, and he was a uh, really successful pitcher in the major leagues with San Francisco and the Yankees back in the day, and he made that transition from a starting pitcher to a reliever. And so he's been there the whole time with these guys, much like that, that dude they had with uh, the Braves. I uh, forget his name, their pitching coach. But uh, So, yeah, I think the, he's in a uh, on a team here. Uh, you know, the type of system that uh, he could have, uh, you know, s successful long-term career. And when you got that stability, he's going to have to move to some other place, some other move to another uh, league or whatever, uh, you know, that, all that I'm sure helps. Yeah, the familiarity of it all. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you, are you how are you feeling on the onset of the season here? You're feeling good. You're feeling. Uh, are you excited? What's What's the? Uh... Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's always fun. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, well, I, you know, to see how there's there's not a lot of new faces on the team, but uh, that can be a good thing too. There's so much free agency these days. Oh, you hear? Yeah, you're always hopeful. It's like they have the potential there to be a championship team. So, if you know that going in, then yeah. Got to be excited. Then, yeah, the whole rivalry with the Dodgers, that's intriguing. I'm go going to, my wife and I are going to see them play the Dodgers here on the uh, oh, you're going. 17th of uh, next month. In, our, in, uh, in, in, in uh, San Francisco? In, yeah. Wow, I, I thought you didn't attend too many games. Uh, we do like one or two a year, maybe. Nice, nice. I got a, a buddy who has uh, season tickets. Then the games, he doesn't go to. He sends out an email list. Hey, here's the uh, tickets for the games, and they're good seats and they're cheap. I mean, it depends on what day of the week or whatever. But these uh, it amazes me sometimes. These tickets are like twenty one a pop. Twenty one dollars. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens when you have season tickets, and he, you know, you could uh, I see, yeah. them on StubHub or whatever. You, yeah, you spend your money <laughs> going and staying in the hotel, and pay more for a couple of beers than you do for the tickets. 
Now, I'm recalling our trip to Salem. I'm wondering how you, because I, I don't recall if we ever talked about your, how do you feel about going to these games? What's your experience, uh, the human Oh, you element? mean all the, all the people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The just, humans? Uh, just, yeah, the humans, the, 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 the onslaught of uh, stimuli. <laughs> Visual the, odor, <laughs> sound, sights, everything. You know, you know what? Uh, we went, uh, I went with uh, Greg Bishop. Some other friends to see uh, Dodgers game last year. Mm. Went to see a couple actually. Went to see some game mid season and went to see a playoff game. And the uh, mid season game, uh, man, it was it was just annoying. You know all the music and stuff they play. There's never a quiet moment. You right. Know? Yeah. Like yeah. The old days going to the ballpark and the sound system was so over the top. You know, it was vibrating your chest. And it was like I was commenting to Greg and my friend Joe and Heather. It's like, man, this is I can't handle this. And <laughs> Joe hadn't been to a game for years. Said too, yeah, this is freaking annoying, man. I don't know if I like going to baseball games that much anymore. <laughs> then uh, later we went back to Dodger Stadium for the uh, playoffs, and it wasn't quite annoying. I think what they they were figuring out. Uh, you know how what, at what volume they wanted their sound system in the place. So part of it has to do with that. But yeah, uh, I think if you go to enough games, you can maybe tune all that stuff out. But between every inning, you know, you got some stupid advertisement or the uh, whatever. You know, there's <laughs> never a peaceful moment. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's yeah, it's, uh... same thing with basketball games. I think it's you know just a generational thing. People, younger people, expect they or some you know uh, whoever's uh, producing these games uh, expect or that's the expectation. They think everybody wants constant uh, stimuli bombarded at them. Yeah, commerce aboard a vacuum. <laughs> OG ready. He turns on the rubber, the 2-2 home. Swing and a miss, he struck him out. The 2013 Red Sox are the world champions and Boston strong. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Bedlam at Fenway Park as the Red Sox clinch the World Series at Fenway for the first time in 95 years. From last to best, the Red Sox have won their third world championship in 10 years. All right, are you uh, are you ready for your picks? Yeah, I guess. Have you given much thought to the to the, to the methodology this year? I'm really no, close I'm, to finishing I'm, my picks. I have one. I'm, I'm still on the fence. I'm tossing out the methodology. All right. I have any cockamamie system this year that you can see how much success I've had with all of these? All right. This the is Stanza the... system and the who would Jesus pick or who would Satan pick? None of this has worked. It's been. So instead, uh, I'll just use my stunning intellect. There you go. All right. Well, you are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And not ha- not having paid attention to <laughs> what any teams have been doing. Uh, I know that uh, this is uh, Derek Jeter's last year. That's correct. Yes. And I think uh, who the Rangers signed uh, Prince Fielder. Is that where he went? Yeah, they traded for him. Yeah. Are they okay? And uh, uh, the uh, yeah, the, and the Dodgers picked up another Cuban, so we'll see how that goes. But 
other than that, I don't know what the hell anybody's been doing, but so I'll just wing it. All right. That might be the uh, flying blind here. This might be the way to do it. Going for the goal. This yeah. is like when this is like Rocky Four when he trains in the mountains. <laughs> Instead of uh, you know, fought the fought the Ruski guy. Yeah, yeah. Instead of all that all that newfangled uh, training technology, he's he's going back to basics. Old school. Exactly. All right. So we'll start in the National League. Uh, National League East. Who you got? Okay, let me scroll down here. Yeah, get your get your standing thing up so you can oh, see. Oh boy. Washington had a down everybody's expecting them to compete last year and they they had a down year. So uh, perhaps they won't have another down year. Uh Atlanta's always good. Uh Washington, Atlanta, let's go with uh ah, hell, let's go with the uh, Nationals, the Nats. All right. They call them all right, Go Riley takes the Nationals for America, uh, for National League East. All right, National League. What's that? Did I get a drum roll bef- before these? Or <laughs> it's implied. I'm an expert, you know. It's a. I know. I know. <laughs> this is like you're you you're esteemed. You're an esteemed expert at this point. I mean, you've been on sure. so many years. Um, St. Louis is certainly been consistent here the last few years, so let's just play it safe and we'll go with St. Louis. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that's St. Louis in the uh, NL Central. For the NL West, this is your stomping uh, grounds. So we're yeah, most intimately always, familiar. Always tough, you know. Uh, but let's go with my Giants winning the West. All right. Okay. I got a good feeling about, I got a good, I got a really good feeling about, uh, the Giants. I think they're going to be in my mix this year, so. Right on. You haven't made your picks then yet, right? I got everything but two, so I just got to fill out the last two. I'll probably do those after I get off the phone with you. But, uh, yeah, I only have to pick, uh, the, the other National League wild card, and then I'll be all set. And we got, okay. So for you now, for you, you have to pick your two National League wild cards. So far away. Well, got to go with the Dodgers for one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about I got a feeling about Arizona? All right, all right, sounds good. Sounds good. They're they're one of my. I got like two or three that I'm juggling here for that final spot. So, mm-hmm. so I'm really close to figuring it out. Uh, okay, so that's your National League. So you got Arizona and the Dodgers. And then in the American League, American League East, who you got? That's my stomping grounds. Yeah, let's go with uh, Tampa Bay. All right. Just because they always, they, every year they surprise me. They well, I can say, there. I can say this for a fact. You, uh, you, you came along the same course I did. I, I'm picking Tampa Bay to uh, take the East as well. So. Ah, very good. That that's kind of a tough choice, huh? In your own division, there. I'm choosing somebody over your team. You know. Yeah. Using logic against uh, your heart. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm going with the presumption what we talked about earlier, championship hangover. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So. Pro- yeah, <laughs> that's usually the case. Um, but uh, since Boston's so damn good, well, we'll get to them for the wild card for a minute, but we'll have uh, Tampa Bay winning the East. All right. With the brilliant mind of who's their manager? The guy with the glasses, John Farrell. All right. No, I was talking about Tampa Bay. 
Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I got confused there. Sorry. Oh, you're thinking of uh, Joe Madden. There you go. I yeah. I that dude. I was saying to somebody else earlier, which is sad because I only talked to two people and I can't remember <laughs> which one it was, Jason or Greg. <laughs> so I must be getting older. Um, but I was saying to either Jason or Greg that uh, I can't stand that guy, Joe Madden. He's, oh. he, he annoys me well, because I'm from Boston and mm-hmm. he's, they're sort of our plucky rivals. And they were saying the other day that because he's such a genius, you know, he's always such a genius. That well, he's, they, they, they probably say that, yeah, because he has glasses. And that's true. Yeah, there's that glasses. Obvious. If he had an English accent and glasses, they, they <laughs> think he was like the second coming of, um, I don't know, Joe Torrey or something. But anyway, he's, he's working on sophisticated techniques to take advantage of the new uh, replay system. Oh, yeah. Well, that whole thing should be interesting. I hope they don't slow down the game too much. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, let me just type this. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna go with my gut on this, actually, so. I've, I, I've got my picks now. I just finished. So. I'll, I'll unveil them actually here while I'm talking to you tonight. Sound good? Historic. <laughs> this, 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 this is great radio. <laughs> Thinking out loud here. Do people actually listen to these episodes? A handful do, yeah. About as many as appear on them, so. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah. <laughs> it's a labor of love. Exactly, exactly. It's a celebration to uh it's a celebration of uh you know, taking some time out of the out of the year to relax and enjoy uh baseball. So Yeah. Um okay, so the so now we're in the American League Central. So you got you got possible uh Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, Kansas City or Minnesota. Oh god, I don't know any of these teams. Uh no Detroit, of course, but uh, they gave traded. Who'd they get for Fielder? Ian Kinsler of the uh, Texas Rangers. He's apparently yeah, decent player. Yeah. Okay. I'll, well, they're going to have a new manager though, too. Detroit. Yeah, they're going to have a new manager. Okay. Some guy I don't know. Um, I don't know his name or anything. I'll go with the. Uh, no, let's let's uh, use my intuition here and say uh, go with Cleveland. <laughs> wow, I have no clue. They they probably suck, but uh, they are doing. I don't know how much it means. Probably not much, if anything. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd be chastised by people, but they're doing very well in uh, spring training. They're uh, okay. They're playing there at six eighty, so mm-hmm. which is very good. Seventeen and eight, so. Mm. You know, it it could uh, mean something. You know, it doesn't obviously mean everything, but it means some of their uh, players are doing well. So that's yeah, that's a sign that uh, that could uh, carry over into the uh, regular season. So, yep, my Cleveland Indians. I probably couldn't name a player on the team, but uh, all right. So that's your pick for the Central. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, in the West. Hmm. Oh, go with Oakland. They surprise me every year. That's a good. Uh, that's a good call because you're right. They always pop in, and no one ever picks them. So that could be. You know, uh, it's, you know it's amazing. I don't know how Billy Billy Bean does it, but uh, I listen to sports radio out here quite a bit from the Bay Area, and uh, 
two years ago, going into the uh, season, man, the uh, fans were just livid over. <laughs> they traded all their uh, named players. It was like, what, what, what are they doing? You know, why do they, why do they do this? And that season, they end up <laughs> being successful and going into the postseason. I think they've been there the last couple of years. You know, it's just uh, amazing what. Uh, Billy Bean could do, you know, imagine if he had some money to work with. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they're kind of the antithesis of the, uh, the Giants in a way. They get these pitchers, they build them up, and then they sort of, uh, at least back in the day, I don't know how they're doing it anymore, but they, they uh, used to flip kind of these the, guys kind, a lot. Kind of the same system. They, they look for, uh, I mean, this is a very uh, simplistic way of saying it, but uh, having a basically a young roster, you know. Huh. Occasionally they might go out and get a, a free agent, but uh, like they uh, picked up uh, at uh, Cuban Cespedes, who kind of had a down season last year, but that surprised everybody. They went and landed him in a big contract, and he looks like a real promising player. So it's hard to... Uh, guess what the hell they're going to do, but they yeah, continue to be successful, and they are my pick for the American League West. Alright. So now we're Which down leaves us. the two American League wild cards. Yeah. Uh, let's go with the uh, Red Sox. Alright. And <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, let's go with Texas. Okay. Alright. Some good variety here. I'm liking this. Uh, some some good variety. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure all this will. No, no, you're very different from the other two. So it's uh, from the other two guys, and significant. I wouldn't say significantly, but fairly different from me. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that that could uh, bode well when the uh, picks are too much alike. When when if uh, you get down towards the end of the season, it can get uh, turn into a bit of a bottleneck, like it has the last. Uh, Couple of years, yeah. You know. Come down one of these, like last year, came down to just one game between you and Bishop. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, okay, so you, okay, so we got all your, uh, you say the Red Sox and the Rangers for your wild cards. So who do we have uh, for the American League championship? Oh, I forgot I had an answer to that. I know. Remember, we, we once we forgot one year. I had to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's how well planned and uh, produced these baseball shows are, folks. <laughs> uh, let's go with, uh, <laughs> oh, hell, Tampa Bay. All right. I curse you right now because I picked Tampa Bay also for my American League champion. So mm. I was, I was hoping I had the, uh, I, I was hoping I had the, you know, the real dark horse there. Okay. So who do you have for the National League? Now this is where it hurts. You know, if I don't pick San Francisco and they go all the way and win the World Series, It'll happen which again. Hap- which happened <laughs> those two years they won the World Series, and I feel like such a dummy for not picking them. But then if I pick them, I'll jinx them. So I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to uh, say. This is where I was well, particularly stumped yeah. myself. But I better not pick them. Um, so I'll pick. Uh, oh God, I'll pick the Dodgers. All right, so the Rays and the Dodgers, and then who you got going all the way, winning the whole mm-hmm. thing? Who's your champ? Oh, I got to answer that one. Too. Yeah, 
<laughs> it is let's a playoff go. system. Let's go with the <laughs> let's go with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, you bastard! All right. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's all right now. Hey, it's uh, it's perfectly. <laughs> that's how it rolls. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, here I'll give you my picks now because I've I've completed them. I'm not particularly uh, happy with all of them, but I feel as confident as I can. Otherwise, I'll I'll second guess this all all night and all week. So. Uh, okay. Let me let me uh, guide you through this. All right. Let's start with the uh, American League. All right. In the, the American League East. I've got the Tampa Bay Rays. Good choice. Yeah, that's that's my choice, as you know. Yes, yes. I'm I'm counting on a championship hangover for the Red Sox, and, uh, and part part of it's their genius manager with the glasses, uh, Joe Madden. He does a hell of a job. He's bringing in some new concepts and theories, and uh, <laughs> breaking some new ground there in Tampa Bay. So I think this is the year he's going to uh, push him over the hump and uh, get their first World Series in Tampa Bay. I, I think going so as well. Uh, next, we'll go to the uh, Central, American League Central. And your pick is? Uh, the Detroit Tigers. Okay, very good. That uh, seems to be. Playing a little bit safe there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. That seems to be. Uh, I figure I'll, 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 I'll uh, aim for the push on that one with, uh, with everybody. It seems like the consensus safe pick. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. Which leaves us with the American League West. Now, here's where I'm going to change things up a little bit. So far, I'm the only one to go this route. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and I'll be honest, I, I'd say 90% of the picks were done uh, before I even sat down to tape any shows. So the only thing I was still debating was this National League Wild Card 2. So all these picks are uninformed by everybody else. So mm-hmm. the American League West... I've made this mistake so many years now, but I'm going to stick with it until it pays off. I'm, I'm going with the L.A. Angels. <laughs> uh, they, I think I picked them for a few years, too, thinking, man, they Oh, yeah. Them. I think I had they them had, in the World Series a couple of years ago. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They've got so much talent, but okay, the... Uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah. Pick. I feel like they're going to finally put it together this year with all those guys. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> That's, where That's what happens. You load up with all these free agents. You know, I know. Big names, and it's, they're past their prime. I Billy know. Bean wouldn't do it. That's true. That's, That's true. Why Billy Bean's laughing at them? This is true. Uh, okay, that leads us to the uh, wild cards. Uh, the Red Sox for wild card number one. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they'll still hang in there. I think they'll do okay. I don't think the championship hangover will keep them out of the playoffs, but. I don't know. I just don't see uh, the, the, pretty much the core is coming back, so that's good. But I'm counting on the championship hangover to slow them down a little bit. And, and uh, uh, good. <laughs> the uh, the second wild card. I'm going with the Texas Rangers. Okay. I feel like uh, nice. they they made the right sort of. Uh, I don't know if they made the right acquisitions, but they made uh, the kind of acquisitions that make me interested, which are like uh, Prince Fielder and that Sinchu. Sue mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, those are solid pickups. Those, so uh, I figured they. Uh, Prince Fielder seems to always uh, choke in the post. I was going to say he tends to mess up at the wrong times, but yeah. but he'll he'll he'll. I'm just counting on him to get them there. So that's all. Uh, that's all that's I all need you out want. of him. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the NL East, 
I have. Oh, no. I'm, who's, who's running this? Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> and next, next, we have the National League East. I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals. Ah, my pick. Very good. Yeah, yeah. That's another sort of a push pick. So, I, yeah. I, I, but but I was counting on a bounce back year. I kind of figured everybody else would too, and uh, I don't really see anybody in that division that excites me too much uh, to challenge them at least. No, not well. Yeah, Atlanta's been solid here. Well, you'll see in a moment. I have Atlanta down. Okay, down later Pretty on. Good. And in the uh, Central Division, only because it's just it it it's kind of like we were. It's kind of like the reverse of the Angels. Uh, they they burn me every year because I refuse to to work with them. <laughs> so I'm taking the St. Louis Cardinals because yeah. every year it's like, every year I'm like, fuck them. They suck. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I, they're, they're boring. They're awful. Their fans are terrible. And then every year they're they're in somehow, and it's like, if I just picked the Cardinals, like everyone else did in the Central, I would have won. So I'm well, going to go yeah, with the Cardinals. Now you pick them, and they'll suck this year. Well, then I'll get what I really want, which is the Cardinals <laughs> to be <laughs> to not be in it. All right. And the uh, strongest division in Major League Baseball, the National League West. Uh, here I am going with the Dodgers. Okay. I, I feel like, uh, but I also feel, I'll be honest, I I can see the Dodgers also just having a, a collapse kind of year. I would love that. Yes. So I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not entirely sold on them. Something about me. Something about them kind of puts me off. Uh, they, they don't seem to have that. I don't know. I don't even. I can't even say that. I'm an idiot. I don't even watch their games. I don't know if they have any chemistry <laughs> or not. <laughs> you have. You have no clue. I have no clue. But based on my remote well, you, well, you, remote yeah, viewing you skills, you, you want to root against the team that has the most money, and you know. Yeah, I figure human nature would 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 you know presume that like the twenty first paid player on the twenty five man roster would hold some kind of resentment against the top five guys who make like twenty million. Maybe he's only making mm-hmm. like three million, and he's like, "What the hell, man?" I you know, and maybe that doesn't really work well in the overall you know scheme of the team. Well, I'd, I'd be damn happy if I was making three million. I guess, yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess it's all relative. You know? That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Or maybe the guy that makes like twenty five million is a real like asshole. So you're, you're like doubly, you know, annoyed. Plus, I don't like that Adrian Gonzalez. I don't think he. I think he's he's bad for clubhouse morale. I know. Hey, Where did you get that from? From when his time in Boston. Okay, he wasn't there long. That's well, because he was bad for clubhouse why. morale. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a hell of a player, though. I know, but I. My least favorite uh, Globe writer uh, did say that he he has sort of a know-it-all attitude that rubbed oh, okay. other players the wrong way, and he often said yeah, dumb crap. So yeah, so I don't I don't care. I don't, I don't think that always matters that <laughs> I know much, you know, and it, all that chemistry. You well, know. if you're winning, it it helps. If you're winning, yeah. it doesn't matter. I guess is what I mean. Yeah, right. But anyway, I'm still picking them for the for the West, but I, I cheer against them on principle. Plus, I hate Carl Crawford too. I hate all those guys they sent over from Boston. I'm rooting for. Uh, I was kind of rooting for Carl Crawford to do good. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't hate him as a person. I just 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I should actually appreciate these guys because once they got rid of them, they won the World Series. So yeah, yeah, well, but, yeah. The Dodgers uh, helped uh, unload all that. Uh, it was miraculous. Just they wanted to get rid of. Yeah, it was a miraculous good, season altogether. Good, uh, last contracts. Year. Okay. All right. So, uh, wild get cards. On, get on to the wild cards. Uh, uh, number one, you'll be happy to know. I've picked uh, the San Francisco Giants. Oh, good choice. Keyword here is consistency. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing an ESPN show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, uh, I'm a big fan of the consistency in, in these in teams. So I feel like they, uh, plus their seasons, they, 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 they've been there before. They know how to mm-hmm. get it done. You know. Yeah. So. I, I th- think uh, they're going to have. Uh, I think a few players uh, potentially could have uh, breakout years, but. Uh, Anyway, so your uh, second wild card? This is where it got very tricky. It was down to like three different teams, but uh, it's sort of similar to the San, to the St. Louis Cardinals move. Uh, I'm taking the Atlanta Braves. Okay. So because uh, it was down to them or Arizona, and it, it, I very well could be wrong about that, but I, I felt uh, like well, what, Atlanta's one again, of those uh, teams. Yeah. Consistency. Exactly, exactly. I remembered right toward the end that they recently just now got beset with a two or three pitching injuries, but it's early enough in the season that it shouldn't. I, I, again, I don't know. I don't speak from any knowledge whatsoever, folks, but I feel like they probably have a good system in place to replace uh, any pitchers because they, they mm-hmm. seem to be a good pitching uh, team. So I think they'll be okay, and I, I, and I, I put them in at number two in the wild card. All right, and those are some solid picks, Tim. Thank you, thank you. I wish you well. We didn't do the championships again. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forget about that. It's all right. Okay. It's all right. Who's coming out of the uh, National League? Uh, I'm going to go with your San Francisco Giants taking the National League pattern. Right on. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. They're going to edge out the Cardinals, I feel. Oh, wait a minute. I'm saying right on, but that means... If you're right, you'll probably beat me and I'll lose again, but my Giants will win, so. Well, here's I'd where. Rather, I'd rather have my Giants win than me win, so, okay. Here's where it gets tough, though, because I have the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays winning the American League, uh, championship. And then winning it all, I also have the Tampa Bay Rays winning finally. Ah, interesting. I feel like this will be the coronation of, uh, that, that clown down in Tampa Bay that, with the English accent and the, and the glasses. We should uh, put some money with some bookies on the uh, Tampa Ray. I wonder what the odds are in uh, Las Vegas on them going all the way. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. I'm, I've never bet like that before, but maybe this is the year. That wouldn't be a bad idea. I bet if you bet on the Red Sox last year uh, before the season started because they were so bad in 2012, you would have cleaned up. Mm-hmm. You got to be yeah. like a, a. That would be a good. That would be a good process to have, I guess, if you. Just bet if you were like just a Boston fan and just bet like five hundred dollars on the Red Sox every year. Maybe eventually you'd <laughs> come out on top. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you think, yeah. People think you're crazy before when they had the curse of the Bambino all those years. I know. Sure, go ahead. You might as well flush your money down the toilet. <laughs> well, that would be maybe that would be. Well, I wouldn't start now, but maybe you should maybe start betting on the Cubs then. All right. So those are my picks. We got your picks. Thank you for uh, hosting the my, my the my pick portion. I appreciate it. You're welcome. 
Um, now, what's, what's before we say goodbye, what's going on with you? What's, uh, what's happening in the world of Go Rightly? I want to put you over here, dude. I love this website you've got. Um, I guess I just I don't know the name of it, dude. I click on it right from your Facebook. It's uh, the raw the raw stuff. Yeah, the reprintings the- and stuff. It's amazing. It's so it's just wild stuff. And uh, every time I see one of those on on my timeline, I'm like, oh man, this looks crazy. And I read it and I'm like, wow. Cool. Yeah, it's Historia Discordia, and it's been these materials I've been working with for a few years here. I've been talking about the last couple of years. Uh, you know that. The, there's going to be book projects coming out, and I'm kind of uh, get uh, try to hold back on uh, saying that all the time because people are, you know, might be thinking, okay, well, you've been talking about it for a while, but uh, a couple of the uh, books will be coming out this year, and uh, the, this these materials uh, uh, was first exposed to when I did the book, The Prankster and the Conspiracy on Kerry Thornley, and you interviewed mm-hmm. me about that uh, years ago, and it uh, uh, has to do with uh, the Discordian Society, a spoof religion, I guess you could call it, uh, similar to the Church of Subgenius. They're, the Holy Bible is the Principia Discordia, which is a famous... Uh, underground, uh, you know, piece of work that, uh, is famous in, in the counterculture and uh, Discordianism to this day continues to flourish. <laughs> you got all kinds of, uh, Discordian groups around the world that belong to the religion that worships the Greek goddess of chaos and discord. So anyway, uh, when I wrote The Prankster, I met with uh, different people, Robert Anton Wilson, a guy named Robert Newport, and uh, who knew Kerry Thornley and Greg Hill, the guys who came up with uh, Discordianism. And he shared with me some rare materials, you know, arm load, armful of stuff. When we met at Robert Anton Wilson's place, and I thought, wow, this is some amazing stuff, you know, eventually... Uh, you know, maybe I'd like to do a book project. You let me, Bob Newport, let let me take this stuff home and scan it. And I used a lot in the prankster and the conspiracy, and I stayed in touch with him over the years about doing a project. He was always cool. Then uh, a few years back, I touched bases with him again. He said, yeah, I'm still cool with it. Next time you're down in L.A., why don't you come by, and I'll give you everything. And everything turned out to be like a lot of stuff. I was <laughs> I just thought he had an armload of stuff, but there was five boxes of materials which will lead to numerous books probably. One is uh, a couple are ready to go and they'll be published this year. Uh the book Historia Discordia. The the website was named after and that's uh has a lot of rare materials, has the first edition of the Principia Discordia, rare stuff by Kerry Thornley and Robert Anton Wilson. So that'll be out this year. Then within these Discordian archives, these materials were uh, a bunch of uh, Kerry Thornley's writings and stuff he'd collected on the uh, JFK assassination. Uh, Thornley was indicted by Jim Garrison, you know, from the... Oh, yeah, the, uh, I remember. You know the whole story, so... there. And I wrote about that in The Prankster and the Conspiracy, but in these uh, Discordian archives, I found much more about that story, so I've devoted a whole book to that called uh, Caught in the Crossfire, K. 
Terry Thornley, Oswald, and the Jim Garrison investigation. And that should be out. I don't have the exact date for it, but it'll be out sometime this year, published by Feral House. Uh. Pretty uh, famous book publisher of controversial materials. And so those two books are coming out. So th- there's extra stuff, though, you know. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that's ending up, and I'm continuing to t- discover things going through these archives. So that's getting posted to this Historia Discoria website, and it's also a way, you know, to promote the book. I'll put some teasers in there, maybe the uh, a page here or a page there just to wet uh, – people's appetites about all this stuff so anyway that's the uh, website and I've got a lot of help uh, putting it together with my publisher at Fiji Press he's going to be working with me on future uh, escorting related book projects so there's anyway there's a lot of material there and people are excited about it and the website is uh, getting a lot of uh, interest uh, to it's interesting looking at the uh, stats for it. It's really uh, there's a lot of interest worldwide, you know, hmm. for for this material. So a lot of that has to do with Robert Anton Wilson and the whole Illuminatus trilogy, which was inspired by uh, Discordianism. And there's a lot of references and uh, things within the Illuminatus trilogy that. Uh, have to do with Discordianism and that whole mythos surrounding all of this. So uh, that's what I've been up to. And right. working on other book projects that are outside of the scope of all of this, but uh, uh, those will probably be a few years before those emerge. So a lot uh, going on with the writing and the website. You know. Nice, nice. All right, so Historia Discordianism. Gordia is the website people want to check out for uh, more info. I presume that's where they'll find out when the book is coming out and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the whole idea behind it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great idea. Uh, well, yeah, and, and you know, you got to uh, promote stuff in this day and age if you want, to, want it to go anywhere. It seems to be the case, yeah. But no, I'm really looking forward to it. I like it. I like it a lot. Like I said, I check it out all the time and uh, really oh, dig cool. into it. So once, uh, yeah, it's, once it's, it's all collected together, I can't wait to sit down and talk to you about it. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people once again worldwide or who are interested in this stuff, and I think it was very important to uh, the '60s, '70s counterculture. Uh, but on the same hand, it's. Uh, relatively obscure. <laughs> mm. So, but uh, a lot of what the Discordians did, I think, set the stage for um, what's come after with uh, culture jamming and all these media tools we use now. They, uh, The founder of Discordianism kind of set the stage by uh, kind of being a groundbreaking guy doing some of the first zines and being involved in computers and uh you know early word processing and all this there's there's anyway there's a lot to the uh story behind all of this and so that's kind of my mission with the website is to put all this seeming craziness into some type of context nice nice 
I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but I'm surprised the uh, surprised hipsters haven't picked up on this yet. Maybe they have. Well, the, no, the, they have to some extent. We got uh, some coverage with Boing Boing. Oh, okay. Which is the big hipster nerd, you know, they reach a large audience. So we're kind of, uh, and hopefully we'll continue this relationship with Boing Boing and some of those media outlets. And uh, <laughs> Now that you've called them the big hipster nerd outlet, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, don't, they don't care what I say. I doubt they're listening I'm to sure. the baseball special anyway. Yeah, that'll be their top story. Uh, <laughs> go rightly call it. Well, he'll never... Uh, We'll never talk to him again. But uh, it turns out hipsters only listen to my baseball special. It's like the really no, it's a joke. It's just what a hipster <laughs> would do. It's what a hipster would do. I, I only listen to the baseball one. What? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> All right, so keep an eye out, folks. It's going to be uh, when when is the when can we expect this stuff to be to be in our little grubby hands and able to read and and, and digest? Aside from the stuff on the web, right? Um, this year, and I'll get you uh, copies. Uh, hmm. It's going to be a you know a few months, but these two books will happen this year, and we'll, I'll get you copies. Nice, nice. And well, we'll, uh, we'll ready, get you on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're ready to do something, we can do it. Absolutely. Live or recorded or whatever. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, uh, I really do appreciate it. We've gone long here, but uh, we we got a lot of extra stuff in. I appreciate it. So yeah, thank you very much, my friend. And as always, it's great talking to you. And you'll be back on BOA Audio before you know it, I'm sure. Thank you, sir. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special with the 2012 champion, Paul Kimball, who has surrendered his crown now to Greg Bishop. But he's back to try and reclaim the title and uh, also talk about the past year in the world of baseball. So uh, welcome back to the show, Paul. Hi, Tim. Boo, hiss, Greg. Although it's good to see somebody in Los Angeles winning something in baseball. Oh boy, there you go. That's a double disc because he's also a big time Dodgers fan. So that's what I mean. Yeah. I know. Well done. Well, well crafted. Yes. Uh, well, I've had a year to think about it. So. Oh, very good. Now, last se- last season, I'm not going to bust your chops. Uh, really, I already did that when we did the live show uh, at the end of the summer before the Red Sox went all the way. But la- last season, we won't talk about the the Red Sox so much. But uh, you were very bullish on the Blue Jays. Now, in a post-mortem sense, what do you think went wrong there? Everything. <laughs> it's it's a, fairly accurate. It's, That's the sad part. Yeah. It's a long list. Everything from some bad personnel decisions to a, a raft of injuries to competing in a tough division. And if you're not totally on top of your form, then you can you can lose an awful lot of close games pretty quickly and pretty easily. So the difference between being a 90-95 win team and being a 75 win team in the American League East is, you know, there's a thin margin, as the New York Yankees may or may not find out soon. So the Blue Jays found out last year, you know, they were just, they had, it's kind of like one of my old films. I did a film once, and uh, as my brother said to me, Paul, everything has to go right, and this could work. But if anything goes wrong, it could all fall apart. And everything on my film fell apart, and that's exactly what happened to the Blue Jays. They needed sort of everything to go right for them, and I kind of 
I kind of thought that it would. I, I, they'd have some sort of magical season. Right. And it turns out they had like a magical season from Leprechaun, the movie Leprechaun, which was bad magic. Hey. So, so yeah, they just, they had a, they had a terrible season and, um, they're probably headed towards a not particularly good season this year, so. Yeah, it didn't seem like they did too much, uh, I'm looking at the off-season in review here, and it says, uh, the most notable arm they signed was Roy Halladay, who signed the one-day ceremonial contract to retire, which was nice. It was a nice sentiment. Yeah, I mean, the, in the case of the Blue Jays, they could contend if everything goes right for them, and then maybe they make an acquisition or two, but when you're starting pitching is R.A. Dickey, uh, Mark Burley, and Brandon Morrow, and then a couple of guys that nobody's ever heard of. They might be very good. They have a lot of good young talent. But the Blue Jays always seem to have a lot of good young talent. It kind of reminds me of the Expos back in the waning days of the Expos franchise when, you know, the Expos had a lot of good young talent, and then eventually it usually got shipped out one way or another. And um, And the Blue Jays seem to be in that boat and they seem to acquire talent. They bring people in, hmm. but it's just not. Yeah, R.A. Dickey has a Cy Young award. Well, great, but he, you know, that's the one great year in his resume. You know, Jose Reyes is a fine player when he's healthy. Josh Johnson had tons of potential when he's healthy. I mean, you can go down the list. They're not bringing in guys like, you know, Mike Trout. Right. That Mike Trout's available, but they're not bringing in guys like Miguel Cabrera or anything. And they have guys. They have guys like Jose Bautista, who is a star player. And, you know, Edwin Encarnacion, who is, if not a star, he's a, he's a pretty darn good player. These are the kind of guys that I suspect they're going to be looking at trading <laughs> about halfway through the season. Because I think you're probably going to see a Blue Jays fire sale when they finally figure out what we have here isn't enough. We got to blow this up, and we have to try again. We have some good young talent, but we need to get, you know, we need to not maybe not go Houston Astros, but we need to really hit the reset button on this franchise because we just don't have enough here to contend with this current group. Yeah, you don't want to go Houston Astros. No one wants to see that. No, um, although the Philadelphia Phillies might have to try, but you know, there's there's the Phillies are a good example of a team that has. Tons of heavy contracts with tons of players who were really good in their prime, but like Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, none of them are getting any younger. So they've got a group of, even Cliff Lee, they've got a group of guys who would be good pieces on contending teams. But if that's your core group, it's probably time for you to, to get rid of as many of those people as you can and start over again. Yeah, yeah. Better to, better to do that sooner rather than later. Because that's where the Phillies are pretty much at now. They should have done it a couple of years ago, maybe. But Yeah, they're in the later category. And the Blue Jays are actually, I think, still in the sooner category. And I don't blame them. Take your shot this year. See if you can contend. But if you're halfway through the season, the trade deadline's approaching, and you're not in contention, you are still in soonerville, but next year you might be in laterville. So you should probably maybe push the button and, and do a reset. Get what you can. I mean, they do have assets that I'm sure halfway through a season, a lot of staffs would have probably like to have Mark Burley as a third or fourth starter going down oh, the yeah, stretch. Oh, yeah, sure. Or R.A. Dickey. A lot, of staff, a lot of teams would like to have a Jose Bautista, although I'm not sure the Jays will ever trade him. But there are other parts on their team that the teams would look at and go, hey, we'd like to have that guy, and we'll give you something back for it. But, you know, they're not going to do that when they know you're really desperate. They'll only – you'll only get something back when you actually maybe have 
have some standing upon which you can do a half decent deal. So we'll see. But hmm. yeah, I won't be the Blue Jays won't be in my picks this year. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody. Uh, no. Do you see? Do you foresee any um, any breakout team that you're kind of feeling bullish about? Not necessarily to go all the way or even get the playoffs, but sort of a surprise. Like we mocked the Houston Astros. I don't think they're going to be the team. But is there anyone uh, out there you think might be a surprise uh, bubble up to the surface type team? Well, if you play enough fantasy baseball, which I used to, but I don't anymore, um, you realize two things, and it comes back to that sooner rather than later thing. Some people will hang on to players for too long or overvalue them because of past performance, and the same thing I think is true of teams. And some people will undervalue players or teams that haven't um, turned in, let's say, an all-star MVP caliber season yet. Yeah. But they, they should have seen it coming. So nobody ever really comes out of the woodwork. You should never be surprised at a player when he turns in an MVP season. I mean, there's very few flukes. You should be able to look in the past and say, well, maybe we didn't see 40 home runs, but this guy, we should have seen this guy was going to have a good year. Right. I think the same thing is true with teams. And I think if you're going to look at a team this year that people are going to overvalue and then a team maybe that people are going to undervalue, they're both in the same division. I think people are going to overvalue the Detroit Tigers, which is not to say they're going to have a bad year, but I think people overvalue them, and I think people are going to undervalue the Kansas City Royals. I think there's a, a generational switch in that division coming, and I think the Royals are the team on the way up, and I think the Tigers, if not on the way down, are the, are the team that is going to have to at least share the top of that division. And I think can so Kansas City, I guess, would be the I guess the surprise team that I think that I would say is okay. probably going to have a pretty good year. Even though they had a good year last year, but I think they're a playoff contending team this year. I'd peg uh, for some reason I'd peg Miami to be kind of a. I'm not even going to think they. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs or anything. But I feel like they'll kind of linger in the in the mix through September. Well, they have a very they have a very good. Young Which core, is to say, sure. they have a they have a Cy Young caliber young pitcher there, and you can do you can win 15 games just based on a guy like that. So yeah, you know, it's a pretty good place to start. They have a good young core of talent, and um, and they hit the reset button probably at the right time. Right, that's what I mean. A lot yeah. of a couple of years yeah. ago now, I think so. Yeah, the Blue Jays get stuck with you know a fair bit of their talent, and so they they were a team that took a look and said, yeah, we just are not going to contend with this group. We'll win eighty games maybe, but what's the point? Let's get rid of them. Let's let's let the new guys try it. And so the, they're one of those teams that you know is constantly building to try and make a run every five or six years, and then live through four or five or six years of of crap. And there's two ways of doing it, I guess. The one way of doing it is the way the Red Sox or the Dodgers or the Yankees seem to do it, which is just throw a ton of money at stuff, and you can perpetually contend fine. If you're not one of those teams, and there's a couple others, then the other way to do it, I think, is to say, you know what? We're going to pick our shots. We're going to build for one or two years of going for it, and then, you know, we're kind of going to have to live with the fact that the rest of the time maybe we're not we're not really contenders, and then we'll rebuild again. And the only exception that I can see to that rule is the Tampa Bay Rays, because somehow, with virtually nothing, they manage to contend every year. They're, so they're they're the outlier. Hmm. But pretty much everyone else that I can you can sort of look at does it one of those two other ways, like the Brewers. The Brewers were hot for a year or two, 
and now they've fallen back. Right. And Pittsburgh might wind up in the same kettle of fish this year. That's what I expect you, from them, yeah. They're going to settle yeah. back to earth. They had a nice little run. So did the Reds. The Reds had a nice you know, year or two, and kind of they're there, but maybe they're not there. And I think it's you know it's hard to compete with the big guys, but you can make a run. And I think that's what the Royals have sort of loaded up to do. In fact, they've got so much young talent, they might be able to make a run of four or five years before that talent starts to flee to more expensive climates. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tampa Bay seems to be the one outlier that doesn't really have a fan base of any sort that I can discern. Um, doesn't seem to have a whole lot of money, but just keeps developing. And it's probably all down to Joe Madden. At some point, you get a really, you know, Hall of Fame caliber manager who just knows which buttons to push and which guys to stick in, and he can make an awful lot of things happen with maybe a team that if you had a substandard manager, I don't know, like anyone who's managed the Blue Jays for the last 20 years, um, they just wouldn't be able to make that, that mix work. But somehow Madden pulls it off. So I was going to say I'm surprised they kept the manager in Toronto because I thought he was part of the problem, but I don't know. He is part of the problem, but... You know, your alternatives might be even worse. So. That's true. Yeah, we saw that in Boston. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. And, you know, you saw what a good manager can do like Terry Francona in Cleveland. You can take a exactly. bad, what was a bad team and turn it into, I wouldn't call Cleveland a contender even last year, but a playoff caliber team and, you know, had a nice little season. Yeah. And without Terry Francona there, you can chop off 10 of their wins. So he's worth, they, you know, the stats heads talk about wins above replacement. Well, they should have a stat for managers. Like, they should include them in that, too. I think Terry Francona and Joe Madden and a couple others, their their war, their WAR, is is an awful lot higher than, frankly, a lot of players and certainly most other managers. So there are a few managers that are worth whatever money they're paying them, and those are two of them. Um, You know, there's a couple others, too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now you're kind of the baseball purist in a lot of ways on the show here, or, or, or and also very outside the box in a lot of ways. You enjoy the World Baseball Classic. So you th- let's rephrase that. You look at all this from a meta level. That's probably the be- better way to put it. So you're probably the perfect person to ask about the implementation and arrival, finally, of uh, expanded instant replay. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's good news, bad news. The good news is you should – endeavor as much as possible to try and get the calls right. I remember watching, was was it the 85 World Series or the 86? The one where Don Denkinger blew the call at first base uh, with the Cardinals. A terrible call. I think it, maybe it was 87. But it was, whichever the year was, I mean, it's one of those famous calls that if you had had instant replay, it wouldn't have taken very long to figure things out. So there's the good news. You can start making things um, better, make sure that as much as possible, the right team wins. Now, having said that, have you watched any of the NCAA March Madness with yes. the college? The interminable length for some of these replay checks where everybody and their dog sitting at home watching just whatever replay the networks are showing goes, that's pretty obvious. Hmm. And then they're still checking and still checking and still checking. So I don't, you know, baseball's slow as it is, and I dig it. That's part of why I like baseball. I like the slow leisurely feel, especially if you're in a ballpark, but you don't want to implement anything that's going to make it any slower, where you, you know, you just start taking away from the natural rhythm of the game. So I think the NHL has a pretty good, it's one of the things that the other major sports can learn from uh, the National Hockey League is their instant replay, the way they implement instant replay, where I believe 
the calls are all kind of shuttled off to a central office in New York. And, you know, you have the eye in the sky, the Orwellian monitor who's looking after every game. And so a referee calls in from, I don't know, Detroit or Anaheim and says, hey, here's here's the thing under review. And the head office pretty quickly goes, yeah, here's the call, and boom. If you're implementing that kind of system, I actually think that kind of system works because you've got some consistency for one thing. And for another thing, you it should move pretty quickly. You should have some sort of clock on it or something. Hmm. Um, and that's another thing I like too, the NFL. They, I think they have a good idea. You only get so many. So if you use up your two challenges, um, and you, you blow one of them, you don't get any more. If you use them both up, I guess in the NFL and you get them both right, they give you a free one. So you get three for the price of two, but that's it. And I think that's probably a pretty good idea. You know, even in baseball, Managers, it, it adds an extra element to the, the managing of the game too. It makes managers even more important. Um, am I going to use my challenge in the second inning for that call at first base that may or may not be as important as I think it is right now? Because there's two outs and nobody on. Exactly. Or am I going to stick that in my pocket and hold that in case there's something in the eighth inning that I, with the bases loaded, I really need? And you know, that's that adds something to the the managerial thing. So you know, it could work. I think it's time. I think it's. As Pablo Torres would say on uh, around the horn, you know, it's it's time to let our robot overlords decide the uh, the outcome of the game and take it away from fallible human hands. Hmm. I'm not sure I want to see it go that far, but yeah, I'm all for seeing the the right calls be made. So, uh, you know, as long as they put a workable system in place that doesn't have the delays that you see in say the NCAA in the basketball. Right. Um, or even sometimes in the NFL, because even there they can take a fair bit of time. And as long as I think they keep it, you know, they keep it, uh, you don't, so you don't see, um, constant, uh, reviews, that every little thing is being reviewed, I think. Right, right. And the one thing I would never, ever, 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 you know, I don't, this can't be the thin edge of the wedge for strike zone review. Right, yeah, no one wants that. You can't touch balls and strikes. I like seeing the little box on television. You know, that's great, but it's not completely accurate. And I think you do have to leave. Otherwise, guys like Tom Glavin never make the Hall of Fame. I mean, you need umpires to be able to give a guy like Tom Glavin the extra three inches on the outside of the plate. And uh, and suddenly you can add another 200 wins to a guy's career. So as long as they never mess around with balls and strikes, I think everything else should probably be fair game. Hmm. Yeah, there's a human element to the balls and strikes that is enjoyable. Yeah, although, I mean, with steroids, they've had more or less robots playing anyway for the last 30 years, so you might as well let the umpires be robots, too, and then maybe the game would be perfect. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the big rash of suspensions and everything that happened last year? It's pretty uh, pretty crazy. Uh, it's it's sad, because they, they, they really made an effort to make it look like they've cleaned things up, and then it kind of shined a big spotlight on the fact that they're, they're really always going to be trying to just catch up with these people. Well, you know, the truth is... If you catch somebody, you should make them um, illegal within the game, performance-enhancing drugs. Right. Fine. It took them far too long to do that. Um, you know, as long as Barry Bonds and, jo- and Roger Clemens aren't in the Hall of Fame, then I think Bud Selig shouldn't. And he'll be up for the Hall of Fame someday, and there's no way he should get in the Hall of Fame either. And there's no way Tony La Russa should be in the Hall of Fame. I was going to say, they definitely will put uh, – well, I can't say definitely, but if I was going to use the Tony La Russa example – See, he, yeah. he just skated by, and they put him in the Hall of Fame, and it's like all, most of his achievements were the result of uh, steroid players. So, 
juice players who I have no doubt he knew were juicing. Everybody knew they were juicing, and Selig certainly knew that. The fan, but here's the thing. The writers, the sports writers who now vote against Clemens or Bonds or whatever, most of them knew that these people were juicing, but they turned the a blind eye and wrote these wonderful stories about Mark McGuire hitting 70 home runs and all that sort of stuff. And the fans, we all knew too. So everybody's complicit. I think, you know, and Lou Gehrig didn't have to play against black ball players, neither did Babe Ruth. I mean, there's different eras that have different things that happened that made, you can't really compare and contrast, but no, no era has ever been perfect. I mean, in the 50s and 60s, they were hopped up on amphetamines. So I would say, look, let them all in. If they really, you know, Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you can start going, I keep Raphael Palmero out because I didn't think he was a Hall of Famer anyway. But the hypocrisy that surrounds all of it and continues to surround all of it, this holier-than-thou attitude coming from Major League Baseball when I think they still turn a blind eye. So if you're dumb enough to get caught, Ryan Braun or whomever, then, yeah, you probably deserve the penalty that you're going to get. And I don't have a problem with that. But the moralizing that comes with it now from Major League Baseball, I think is a bit much. And I never, ever thought I was going to say this. But I, I have a small amount of sympathy for Alex Rodriguez. Because he's no worse than anybody else. He just happens to be a complete idiot. And there's a level of arrogance and a lack of self-awareness of just how much trouble he was in, that if he kept his mouth shut and played ball, no pun intended, he probably could have gotten away with a much smaller suspension. Or, But he, he, he for whatever reason, thought he was invulnerable, and it turns out he wasn't. But they're, they're making him the poster child for everything that's wrong in baseball, and maybe he is. But there's an awful lot of other guys just like him. And... I, you know, everybody turned their blind eye to it for so many years that it, it's hard to watch. It's kind of like watching the President of the United States lecture the, so, lecture the Russians about causing trouble in Crimea when the United States has been dropping bombs on other countries for 60 years without, you know, anybody saying, hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to watch the, the hypocrisy of the commissioner of Major League Baseball, who was there during the height of the steroid era, start lecturing guys like Alex Rodriguez about how you've ruined the game. And it's hard to see sports writers go after people like Alex Rodriguez. I'm not, def it's not a question of defending Rodriguez. He got caught. He should be penalized. I think the, pe the penalty was far too harsh in comparison with what other people were being given. And you know, he should have been given what he, he should have been given, which I guess for a convicted first time offender, cause I don't think he'd ever been convicted before, or, you know, penalized, um, should have been 50 games. So give him 50 games and let him lace him up if somebody wants to employ him. And there's the thing, right? The New York Yankees owe him a fortune. And you will never – it's like UFO Conspiracy Theory 101. You will never convince me that the New York Yankees, with their hold, one of the biggest teams, didn't call Bud Selig and say, listen, do us a solid. Get this guy out of baseball for as long as you can, yeah. and then by the time he comes back – um, we'll either be able to buy him out for, you know, dimes on the dollar, or he'll never come back and we won't have to pay him. Like, give us a reason to not pay this guy because he's crippling our franchise. So it's a cover-up, I think, at least in part, for the fact that the New York Yankees made a terrible contractual decision and, the, you know, Major League Baseball has kind of stepped in. And, and Rodriguez made it easy. He made it easy for them. So, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for him, but it's all stinks. Mm -hmm. It all seems real. The whole thing around Alex Rodriguez seems as fishy as the steroid era in general, 
which is kind of, I guess, ironic. And it still turns me off a little on the game, the whole everybody being complicit, the moralizing, the hypocrisy. And, you know, you look at the Hall of Fame, for instance, which I do take seriously to the point where, you know, my brother is always going, Paul, stop talking about the Hall of Fame. And he's a big baseball fan. He's like, you're <laughs> annoying me. Stop it. And I go, like, why isn't Tim Raines in the Hall of Fame? That We could do an entire episode on that. That's crazy. Tim Raines should be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, but I also think Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, too. There's a really good, um, for your listeners who like baseball, I was reading a really good article on Sports Illustrated about Pete Rose and how, you know, why he still isn't in the Hall of Fame. And, it you know, it's kind of fun but uh, to read it. But it is a really well-written article. It might have been Tom Verducci. I can't remember. And uh, I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm on board with this. Maybe I was angry at Rose for a while, but you can separate the player from what he did as a manager. And there have been actually worse people who've done worse things than Pete Rose. Um, but look at his career as a player. Why is that guy not in the Hall of Fame? He's got more hits than anyone, and no one's ever going to match that mark. Um, that guy should be in the Hall of Fame. And you can put an asterisk next to, next to him or on the plaque, any of these guys, Clemens, Bonds, whatever, on the plaque, put the you tell the full story the right. whole full story about who they are but also say these were the best players in their era and they were flawed men like just about everybody else in the hall of fame who isn't you know maybe named ryan sandberg or something all right are you ready for the picks yeah i god uh, there's so many other things i could rail about now that i'm rolling but that wasn't even going to do the baseball special this year people i know little, i know a little turned off on baseball but once i get once season rolls around, I, I get cranky and I start thinking about all these things. So, to my credit, yeah. I did pester you quite a bit. So, yeah, Tim did. He did pester me. Was, he was the Roswell of baseball fantasy commissioners. He kept poking up and <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I guess, yeah, annoying. That's a strange analogy, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, sure. <coughs> all right. I'm sure, my, I'm sure my picks will crash like Roswell flying saucers. So maybe we'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll start in the American League East, which is our home division. Uh, who you got? Tampa Bay Rays. All right. Uh, AL Central. Kansas City Royals. Wow, all right. Breaking out of the pack a little bit there. I like well, it. I, I told you, Tigers, Royals, one's up, one's going down. Okay, I know. I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say, uh, just give them the wild card, so I'm impressed. Uh, AL West. Oakland Athletics. All right. Uh, the AL wild card one. Does it actually matter one or two? No, it doesn't. Actually, we don't keep I track didn't of think that. So. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Uh, the Red Sox. All right. And uh, the second wild card. The Tigers. Okay. All right. A nice diverse series of picks here. I like this. Uh, the National League East. Yeah, my National League picks won't be quite so diverse. Uh, the Nationals. All right. Uh, the Central. Cardinals. All right. The West. Los Doyers. The Dodgers? <laughs> yes, that's, that's the Spanish version. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, even though, uh, even though we tease Greg Bishop, we have to appreciate that much like, uh, much like Toronto took off, took all the, uh, the, uh, the trash from Miami, uh, the Dodgers did take all the trash from the Red Sox so we could go on and win the World Series, uh, you know, yeah. well for us. It's true, although it seems to be working out well for the the Dodgers too, relatively speaking, compared to how well it worked out for Toronto. That's true. That's true. Um, and uh, the National League Wild Card. 
Uh, the National League wild card, you could you start flipping coins for mm. these. But yeah. um, I'm going to go slightly off the board. I'm going to go for the Giants. All right, nice. I got a I got a vibe, a feeling, something like that about the Giants. And um, that's the one pick I was. This is me grumbling, people. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. All right. Yeah, I struggle with that second National League wild card, too. That was like the last thing. Uh, well, Falls I, under the I, category of who really cares because they're not going to the World Series, but sure, I'll go for the Reds. Because I got Joey Votto, and he's Canadian. There you go. All right. Uh, who do you have winning the American League championship? Oh. That'll probably be the pick that destroys me at the end of the season. I'll be like, oh, why did I pick the Reds? Should have for the Brewers, the Padres, the Phillies, um, the Rays. All right. And uh, National League champs? St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, the, okay. the Washington Nationals. That's, that's impossible to pick against the Cardinals. I know. It's so frustrating. But they're they're a juggernaut looking at it. could go either way though. The Nationals, the Dodgers, those are the three teams. And in the American League, you know, I think it's um, the Rays, maybe the Red Sox, and I I want to pick the Royals. I really do. I want to go with the Cardinals Royals World Series because that'd be awesome. But I can't. I just like the Rays too much. Yeah. All right. So you have the Rays versus the Cardinals in the World Series, and who do you have going all the way, winning it all? I have a nice, sunny, nobody-gives-a-rat's-ass World Series win for the Tampa Bay Rays. All right. You're not the only one in the in the pool. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh. You may be surprised to know that I, too, have picked the Tampa Bay Rays to go all the way this year. Well, I'm pretty sure that everybody in Tampa Bay just uttered a collective, oh, crap. Yeah. We're screwed now. Well, it matters even worse. Me, you, and go rightly. So I don't know if it's, a, if it's a good sign or a bad sign, but we all three of us have the Rays uh, going all the way. But I feel like wow. I feel like this might be the year they finally put it all together. So do I. Because uh, so. they're always there. Right, right. And I, like I said, wins above replacement. I believe Joe Madden is going to be worth, in the playoffs, with the roster they have this year, he's going to really be worth one or two extra wins when it really counts. And I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah. I think they are due. Yeah. All right. Anything else going on? What's up with this movie you're working on? That's how we almost uh, didn't get you for the show here, because uh, you're busy with the movie. Um, I, I have one coming out. The post-production on Damnation, which I shot a year and a half ago, has been pretty slow. But it's literally, they're just putting in the final music cues. So that'll be ready in a couple of weeks. And Roundabout, which I froze my... Uh, my ass off shooting in February and March. Um, I've just finished the assembly of the, the which is your, it, for film, non-film people, it's what your editors do the first time through to kind of assemble the footage and get your first timeline. So I'm editing the film as well. So I just finished that and I'll be done the uh, rough cut by the end of April, the fine cut by the end of May, and the film will be premiering and along with Damnation though. So I'll have two films at the Atlantic Film Festival here in uh, in September, and then off they go into wherever our distributor from... We have a British distributor, so wherever they decide to send it, that's where it will go. They will go. And hopefully I'll be shooting another one by then. So got awesome. some others floating in the mix. That's great. So, yeah. And right. on a paranormal connection, the last thing I'll say is Damnation, the original story idea upon which the screenplay is based, it comes from Walter Bosley, who's been a guest of... I think he's been on your show, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, Walter, right. of course, yeah, and a longtime friend, of course, of Radio Mysterioso as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Good guy. Yeah. All right, sounds good, and people can keep up with you at, uh, what's the website, redstarfilms.tv or something? 
uh, redstarfilmtv.com, or you can go to my old blog, which I brought back online and occasionally post at redstarfilms.blogspot.com, where I mostly crankily rail against crazy UFO people. Hey, no better. No better way to uh, spend an afternoon is railing on those folks. They deserve it. Exactly. It wouldn't be me if I wasn't me. I just watched, earlier today, I just watched the 2000 International UFO Conference presentation of Dr., in quotation marks, Jonathan Reed, end quotation marks, which was appalling and hilarious at the same time. So, All right. I was going to say, why would you do that to yourself? You're a good person. Well, it's funny because they're the gifts that keep on giving. So they're just, it's so fun to kind of watch some of these hucksters that, um, you know, every now and then it's it, the internet. It's a wonderful thing. YouTube keeps keeps them alive. It's great. The UFO field is going to be a really butchered analogy, but the UFO field is like what wrestling would have been if WCW had won the wrestling war. That's really what <laughs> or, it's come down to. Or like TNA is now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just uh, sad and embarrassing to watch. But, hey, that's uh, that's... But funny at the same time. Exactly. Can't turn away style. It's like watching, you know, people throw turkeys out of helicopters. Well, that's the oh, WRF KRP. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I swear to God, with God as my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Uh, oh, it looks God. like the turkeys are mounting a counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank you for coming back to uh, the baseball special, Paul. Nope, hopefully I win this year so I can lord it over everyone next year. There you go. The first honest response we've gotten from any of the guests. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what we Canadians strive for, eventual honesty. <laughs> All right. All right, thanks, Tim. No problem, buddy. You're listening to the Null of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special. And this time around, we are featuring the winner of the BOA Forum Contest. He's earned the right to join us here on the Audio Special. And actually, this is not his first time on BOA Audio. Talking about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Red Sun Superman, or as we call him in these parts, RSS. He appeared on the Lost Cast, the now Lost Lost Cast, which uh, is no longer online anywhere, and uh, did appear on the Lost Cast finale, which was actually a part of BOA Audio, much to the chagrin of many, many listeners, uh, very similar to the uh, baseball specials. <laughs> so welcome back to BOA Audio RSS. Congratulations on uh, winning the forum portion of the contest, and you know, you're up in the big leagues now, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. I still haven't gotten over Lost. But uh, it's good that uh, baseball has uh, kept me interested in other things. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could, we'll talk off the air after this about Lost because uh, more, more foolishness and hijinks from the makers of Lost continue to trickle out day by day and month by month uh, since they shut that freak show down. But uh, but we've got our own freak show here, and that's the baseball special. Uh, and you are, uh, you're in the Michigan area. You are a Tigers fan, Tigers follower. A uh, lot going on with them. They came dangerously close to winning it all uh, last year, if, if not for that one fateful grand slam in the game two of the ALCS. I think it would have been a completely different uh, end to the season for a lot of teams, but uh, it, that's just the way baseball is, right? Yeah, the Tory the Tory Hunter uh, flip over the wall, and the uh, the Boston cop who was holding his hands up high, uh, oh, celebrating yeah. 
Legendary. I got a big smile on my face just thinking about it. I actually went back and watched it like a few nights ago, getting ready for baseball season. That's how much I was thrilled by that game. But of course, it wasn't thrilling for you guys. Uh, but it, no. it, it seems like it was a, it was a, a juggernaut team, which was the Tigers running up against the team of destiny in the Red Sox. And I think, uh, that, that borne itself out by that insanely improbable home run. Yeah. I think you trick people about that, that they had the team of destiny. So, mm. um, it didn't work out that way though. Everybody does when the playoffs start. But, uh, coming out of that all, uh, was the changing of the guard in Detroit, new manager, uh, the new one is, uh, Brad Ausmus. What's your, what's your take on this guy? I don't know anything about him. Uh, what do you expect from him with the Tigers? Is it gonna, do you think it'll have any discernible difference in the team? Because uh, this isn't the kind of thing where they get rid of a manager like the, like a Bobby Valentine situation, you know, where they where they got to get the hell out of here because the guy's poisoning the team. Or it seemed more like it like like this was a little bit thrust upon them that Jim Leland was like, all right, I've kind of had enough of coaching for a while. So, but uh, what's your take yeah, on the whole was, on the whole changing of the guard over there? Yeah, it was it was totally his call, and um, he actually uh, got retained as a. Uh, like a, an assistant to the uh, the the uh, trial secretary. Yeah, so he gets to he gets to basically go like go scout the uh, the minor league guys and uh, and still collect a, a pretty decent paycheck. So um, it's a good deal. Yeah, so he kind of parachuted out, and uh, Brett Osmus, who was a former Tiger, uh, they brought in, and from what everybody says, he's. He's uh you know, he's got like an Ivy League uh, education, you know, so um he was a catcher, which they always say that like catchers make great managers because mm-hmm. you know, they've they've already dealt with the, the pitchers and they yeah, you know, are involved in like every facet of the game. So um so you know, it remains to be seen. Obviously it, the 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 unique situation about him is that you know, usually a ma- a manager comes in in a bad situation because the other guy couldn't do the job and and uh this guy gets, you know, basically a loaded team, although they've obviously made a ton of changes in the offseason besides the manager. But uh but obviously this is a team built to win now and you know, all he can basically do is screw it up if he if you know, if they don't continue to win. Yeah, exactly. Uh you actually yeah, you you mentioned uh a ton of changes and we talked before the show started here. I was putting together the list and I completely left off the uh the Prince Fielder trade. That's how big of an off season it was that I forgot about that. So a lot of stuff happened with the Tigers this this off season, a remarkable amount of stuff. Well basically the the Prince Fielder trade began like a domino effect, uh because once once they got rid of him, that they were able to move uh Cabrera back to first base. That allowed them to be able to put their uh the, the top prospect in the organization, Nick Castellanos, they put him at third. They they acquired uh, the second baseman, um, Ian Kinsler. Um, so so he's so he's a new guy. Um, and then uh, then they made the the Fister trade. So they they get rid of uh, one of their starting five pitchers. Um, and, and bring Smiley back up from the bullpen. So yeah, just the, and, and then they signed Joe Nathan to uh, oh yeah the closing role. So yeah, just a ton of ton of changes. Uh, they basically have gotten away from the you know hitting a bunch of doubles and home runs to 
being maybe more athletic, a better defensive team, and and uh, being able to steal steal bases and manufacture runs that way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Are you as a fan, or you know, as a as a fan of the team, are you are you happy or sad to see Prince Fielder go? Because he he was kind of a masher there. Oh no, I don't. I don't think anybody in Detroit is uh, is upset about that trade just because of the comments that that Prince made after the. Uh, after they were eliminated by the Red Sox, where he basically said, uh, you know, everything was, everything was okay. You know, he was the, you know, he wasn't going to cry about losing and had to go take care of his, uh, sons. And, um, you know, that, that, I mean, he was probably right in what he said, but the way he said it right after losing didn't really, uh, didn't really go over well in Detroit. Okay. See, I didn't know about that. All right. Yeah. Well, good riddance to him then. We yeah. were saying, I think it was Go Rightly. I was talking about this with the other night. It seems like, seems like whenever something went wrong, Prince Fielder was around anyway. So he seemed to make a few, uh, few costly mistakes, right? Yeah, and it was just, it was just the, the fact that you just lost, and then you're going to say that, like, well, you know, what am right. I supposed to say? Like, I'm not going to whine about it. We lost, and you know, it was like he didn't show any emotion or passion or. You know, he just kind of said like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home and take care of my kids." And said, "Well, that's, that's great. You can be a great dad, but like, but you know, you were you were terrible in the playoffs, and there's like no explanation for how badly you you performed, or yeah. you know, he didn't address any of that. You know, it's just like, I tried hard. We lost. I'm going home. Not good, man. Not good. Now, what about the what about this trade, uh, this Fister trade to DC? A lot of people seem to think that wasn't a very good trade for the Tigers, uh, but obviously, I don't know anything about it. So, what's the what's what's the what's the temperature on that in, D, in uh, Detroit? Yeah, I think everybody everybody here seems to be scratching their heads. That the national pundits are scratching their heads. It's like uh, they basically got a, uh, a lefty bullpen guy, Ian Kroll, a Lefty prospect that could maybe be a starter down the road and a, uh, uh, a utility guy, Steve Lombardozzi, that they ended up then trading to get a 37 year old shortstop, uh, Alex Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, who they could have acquired in the offseason. You know, they basically could have just signed him. So, so you end up getting rid of a of a utility guy, aiming that trade for a guy that that really you could have already had. So people are really pissed about that now. Yeah, I can. And imagine. I think that everybody everybody's pretty much terrified about the the shortstop situation because, um, you know, there's like you go from like this brilliant defensive young player that you think is going to play there for the next ten years to uh, a 37 year old shortstop who's Hasn't really played shortstop in the last two years, and uh, and this backup uh, uh, unproven guy in Andrew Romine. So, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty scary because they they thought they built the defense, uh, the, the infield defense around uh, Iglesias, and he's out for the season now. Yeah, with uh, fractures in both his legs, which probably the Red Sox knew about and just never uh, said anything about when they made that trade. Hey, you guys had, you guys could examine medical records. Yeah. <laughs> typical, typical Red Sox. Hey, you know? hey. 
We lucked out. What can I say? It, it's all good, though. It's all good. I know you're. I, I know you guys are bitter about it, but hey, we're. Uh, <laughs> it, it 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 it's. Jake Peavy didn't exactly do too much for us either, so. But. You know what's crazy is like the, uh, the basically in spring training they had uh, they, they lost Iglesias for the year, they lost Bruce Rondon for the year, who was their their uh, the relief pitcher that was supposed to be the closer last year. Uh, as a rookie, uh, he throws like 103 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, and he's, he's out now for the whole season with Tommy John surgery. And, uh, and then Andy Dirks is out for like, uh, I think like eight weeks for, uh, back injury. Yeah. So it's just been, it's, and then, you know, Cabrera coming back from his surgery and Verlander coming back from his surgery. So it's kind of like a mash unit right now for the, for the Tigers to start the year. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of people are still uh still behind him uh really uh, a lot of people are still bullish on him. That's the word I was looking for. So, I think uh well, we'll see what happens. We'll get into the predictions in a moment. Uh now today the big news was the Miguel Cabrera deal. It seems like they just got out from under this crazy Prince Fielder contract and now they've taken on this new uh exorbitant contract. So, what's your take uh on all that? I know I'd like to get paid like 29 million dollars a year, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I think I think people in Detroit are kind of laughing about how, uh, like, if, you, if if you've read anything, uh, like every national pundit seems to be ripping the trade that it was completely unnecessary that he had two more years left on his contract. And what are the Tigers doing? They they didn't even need to pay this guy now. They didn't need to redo the contract and. How dare they pay some guy thirty million dollars? It's like ridiculous, and and of course, you know the view in Detroit is as the two-time MVP. Like, why if you can retain the guy for the rest of his career, why wouldn't you do it? Like, you know, like it's like not even a question that this is like a great thing, at least in the short term. I mean, uh, you know, who's to say what's going to happen when he's you know, 38 or 39 and playing DH, but, but, uh, you know, if you win a World Series or two before then, who cares, right? So, um, so I was just kind of laughing about how it seems like everybody outside of Detroit is saying, like, how this is terrible for the game and, you know, how dare the Tigers do this? And, and everybody in Detroit is like, huh, this guy's going into to the Hall of Fame as a Tiger, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unless they trade him, like I guess he'll go in the Hall of Fame as a Tiger no matter what. But I guess uh, seems unless they flip him, like but, but I mean, as they may end up flipping him at some point down the line. But that that happens, I guess, right? Like what happened with Prince? Yeah, although I mean, he's I mean, he said I think today that he wants to retire as a Tiger. I mean, you know, yeah. who knows? But, yeah, exactly. But, but basically, said I, I wanted to, you know, basically lock myself up here and and uh, stay here the rest of my career, which is. Obviously, uh, you know, for, for people in Detroit, that's a big source of pride, you know, because everybody kind of rips us says, you know, why would anybody want to go live in Detroit or, you know. So when you get, like, the best player in the game, uh, and he's clearly the best player in the game, you know, sorry, Mike Trout fans. So, you know, when, when, when somebody like that says they want to stay for the rest of their career, it's pretty pretty awesome to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then do you think they're going to work out this Scherzer situation? 
Uh, or is he going to end up a uh, free agent? I feel like he's going to end up a free agent, but maybe is that you think that's why they they locked up Miguel Cabrera because they were like, all right, well this guy's not playing ball, so let's go to option two here and take a look at what we can do with Cabrera, and then it all worked out fine with him. No, I I actually think I think that they probably figured they were gonna they were gonna overpay for Cabrera anyway, so. I doubt that they figured he was probably going to turn that down since they're and they're paying thirty million until he's forty. Yeah. Uh, so I think they tried to get Scherzer first, and they they think they offered him a pretty good amount of money. I think it's like one hundred forty four million, and he so that wasn't enough. So uh, I don't know. It seems like I would say it's an eighty percent chance that he's probably going to test the market and probably sign with somebody else. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, they still, they've still got Verlander, they, you know, they, they've got uh, Anibal Sanchez, who was the ERA leader last year in the American League. They got Porcello. They got Smiley. I mean, they, they still have one of the best rotations in baseball. I mean, they have one, I mean, it's probably arguably the best this year, as long as Scherzer's there. And then even if they lose him, you know they're, they're still they still have four sweet pitchers. So yeah, um, you know I I don't think it's a great. It will, I mean it'll be a great loss, but I mean on a team that's already spending a ton of money, I mean you've arguably got the best pitcher in the game and, and the best hitter in the game. So you can't keep everybody, I guess, unless yeah. you're the Yankees are right. So yeah, exactly. And plus, uh, the, the, with the Carrera deal, uh, I was thinking about it when you were saying that, is uh, even though he's got two more years left on his contract, with the way these contracts are, they might actually have saved him some money if they had, by signing him a couple years early, because like in two years when they, if, in two years that they try to lock him up then, the average annual value might have gone up even higher, and so they might have saved themselves like an extra million or two a year, you know, because like if Anaheim signs... Like Trout to like thirty million a year, then they might have to pay Cabrera thirty-one million or something. I think the only person who's smiling right now is Mike Trout because, uh, you know, who knows what he's going to get now? I mean, yeah. Because of this, I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna be the highest paid player in the game, right? I mean, there's no question that whenever he becomes a free agent, he's it's going to be a. I mean, if people are people are bitching right now about what Cabrera is getting, I and mean, yeah, the only thing is he's only been around for a couple of years, so you just never know, you know. You just never, you never really know, I guess, right? But at the same time, the Angels might have been smart to do like what the uh, Tampa Bay Rays did with with uh, Evan Longoria and just sign him like right as soon as they brought him up to like a long term deal. But you know, who yeah. knows? Who knows, buddy? I don't know. But how are you feeling overall about the uh, – before we get into predictions, how do you feel about the overall chances of uh, of the Tigers here? It must be pretty good. I mean, you're in a pretty uh, – you're in a pretty soupy division there. We're not talking about a lot of breakout teams here. Although the Indians surprised last year. Do you expect them Wait to – Wait a minute. Wait. The what? Indians were, were really good last year. I, yeah, I, I mean, know. I know. <laughs> oh, I, think, I actually think Kansas City is a concern because they – I think I think they've got a lot of young pieces and, uh, and a decent pitching staff. Not well, it's certainly not as good as De- Detroit's, but but I mean they do have some pretty good pitchers on that staff. So you know, I mean if if Detroit struggles with their shortstop and their and their bullpen and 
you know, I could see I could see Kansas City uh, maybe even being better than than Cleveland this year and, and challenge them for the division, but it's it is a it, it's uh, not as good a division as, as some of the other ones, and, and the Tigers could probably still win it by with like ninety or ninety one wins. So yeah. I just, yeah, I just yeah. meant you guys got a super division because you get to beat up on uh, the Tigers and the, I mean the uh, the Tigers, the Twins and the White Sox. You know. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're pretty pathetic teams, and then in the West they get they get the Mariners and the uh, and the Astros to beat up on. So, oh, all we got in, in the in the American League East is, is the the Blue Jays, who should be good, and even the Orioles are plucky as hell. So it's a tough tough division. Right. Uh, you know. Although although the Orioles are. Uh, with Machado out, that 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 takes a lot of steam out of them. Out of the, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, everybody keeps talking about the Yankees are revamped, but I don't know. I still don't buy it. I I hate to say it because I'm probably going to jinx myself here uh, on the baseball special, but I I think the Yankees don't stand a chance this year. They they didn't fix any of their problems. And if Jeter and Jeter probably is going to be terrible this year, I I think I think. Uh, I don't think this is going to be like like Rivera. Like I think he's going to go out hitting like 250 and yeah, like a Jorge Posada last year. Yeah, where it's kind of like uh, you know we really don't want to play you right now, dude, because you kind of stink. So you know it's very awkward and uncomfortable for everybody. But you know who knows? They could tap into some kind of magic and win the American League East. I'd be stunned, but I really uh, doubt it. But who knows? Uh, but like I said, I don't think they fixed any of their problems as far as pitching. Their infield is atrocious, uh, you know. So I don't, I don't see it. But what do you I mean? They had a perfectly serviceable player in Curtis Granderson. I, I don't, I don't think Ellsbury's really is worth the money they paid him. So, but we'll see. All right, are you ready to put your money where your mouth is on predictions? Uh, yeah. All right. You didn't sound very confident there. I don't think any uh, forum member has ever uh, won the the overall competition from uh, from the from the guests before. So hopefully you can break that that streak. Although we do have that infamous year that uh, you remember, Mystery Man. I don't know where he went off to, but Mystery yeah. Man he used to be a dominant force in the prediction contest, but he's uh, long gone and hard to find nowadays. Tells me I talked to him recently. Actually, he tells me he's not. No, as into baseball as he used to be, so that's probably why he isn't. Uh, it's because the Yankees suck, right? I mean, nah, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. I, he, he had a lot going on in his life, the crazy guy. Sure. We miss him a lot, Mystery Man. We miss you at the forum. Come back. But here, uh, let's go through the predictions now. For the American League East, who you got? That sucks. All right. Uh, the American League Central, probably no surprise here. Tigers. All right. Uh, American League West. Because of Prince Fielder, uh, and I think they're loaded with a lot of offensive. They might be the best offensive team uh, in the American League uh, Rangers. Okay, all right. See, now I went with the Angels. I'm still holding out hope they can get it together at some point uh, to help me win the prediction contest, but... Ah, I just don't... That, that, that's another... That's a team like, like, like some of these other teams have built sign a bunch of guys and don't ever uh, coalesce, but we shall see. What do you think of uh, of uh, Robinson Cano going to the Mariners? You think that's kind of a dumb move on his part, unless you want a bunch of money? 
yeah, I don't, I don't think they have, have much of I mean, they have some pretty good pitchers, so, um, you know, they, I mean, they have two or three pitchers that are capable of winning 15 games, but, um, but that's only 45 wins, so, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they can get to 80, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a rough few years there for them. I mean, they, they may they may turn into a contender like in three or four years, but right, I'd be surprised. And by then, who knows? You know, I don't even know how old he'll be then, but I don't know if he'll be old enough to uh, do anything. So, yeah. All right. So you got the Red Sox, the Tigers, and the Rangers, and then in the wild cards, uh, who you got for wild card number one? I'm actually regretting this actually now because I think I think I probably should have flipped them. But I, I have the Royals won, but I think they probably won't win 90 games, so that might be tough. Well, it doesn't matter if you get one or two. There's no there's no point delineation between one and two, so you're okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I, I got the Rays sneaking in there. All right. Okay. I think you're underselling the Rays. That's my prediction for the season. As you know, I've picked the Rays to win it all, so... Uh, but we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. But you, you're bullish on the Royals, huh? Yeah. You're not the only yeah. one. We've got some. I'll be posting some of the picks later on uh, this weekend. But you're not the only one uh, behind uh, getting behind the Royals here this year. So we'll see what happens. I think a lot of you are going to be disappointed. I backed the Royals last year. Look what happened to me. I didn't. I didn't win crap. So. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Uh, well, I don't have them going far. I just have I know. them in. <laughs> I had a modicum of faith in them, and they didn't, they, they didn't net me anything, but I think I had the Angels to win it all, so it shows what I know. Uh, okay, in the National League, National League East, who you got? The big bad Nationals. All right. Okay. Uh, National League Central. Uh, Cardinals. And the National League West. The Dodgers. I think you'll see uh, you'll see when the picks get posted, but uh, you'll be amazed. I think it's almost, maybe with the exception of a couple of people, it's almost an across-the-board push on all three of those divisions. I don't know why. It's kind of annoying in a sense that it's so... Uh, I, I wouldn't know if I would call it predictable because we don't know how it's going to end, but it's kind of annoying that the... Everybody seems to be backing the same three three teams for those three divisions, but uh, I couldn't think of too many other teams that were going to break through either. So, yeah, I, well, I think partially it's the Dodgers because they're a big market team; they spend a lot of money. I actually like Don Mattingly; uh, I think he's a good manager. So that's that's part of the reason. Um, you know, the Cardinals just have a history of being good and. And, and, I, and I, we'll get to it later, but I think the Nationals are the, the team to beat. So, okay. And for the National League Wild Card, uh, who are your two teams for that? Uh, uh, Pilots, Pilots, because I think they're. I, I don't think they're just a one-year wonder. I think uh, I think they've got some pretty good talent, and I do like their manager. So, uh, so I got them uh, as my first, and uh, and then I still think the Giants are a decent team. Uh, a couple years removed from their World Series, so um, we'll go with them. All right. Pirates and the Giants, okay. All right. I wanted to have faith in the Pirates, but I just couldn't this year. I feel like uh, 
I don't know. I don't know if they can capture it all, the magic in the bottle again, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. They're a sentimental favorite, that's for sure. I think you can agree with me on that. Uh, you know. No, maybe not. I think people in Detroit, I think people in Detroit can identify with, uh, with people and folks in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Kind of similar problems and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the resurgence there meant a lot to that community last year, so, uh, hopefully it wasn't just a one year thing. Now, we touched on this, but I noticed in your picks here, you do not, uh, you have the Royals getting to the wild card, but no, no, no hide or hair of the, uh, Cleveland Indians. Do you think they're gonna regress back to, uh, sort of middle of the road? Yeah, yeah, because, uh, if you remember, uh, like Ryan Rayburn was like a huge, uh, uh, star for them, uh, at different points, uh, last year. Yeah. And, uh, in Detroit remembers how he was horrible uh, with the Tigers. So, uh, you know, I don't think they caught lightning in a bottle there with him. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't, uh, I don't see them uh, getting better. All right. Um, so, I, did you pick that? No. Okay. So I think somebody did, but I don't know who yet. I got to look at this. I got to look at my, my info here. Um, all right, so we got your picks for the divisions in the wild card. My chair is squeaking like a maniac tonight. Uh, we got your picks for the divisions in the wild card. Uh, so who are your AL and National League champions? Who will be facing off in the World Series? Uh, I think it'll be the Nationals against uh, the Rangers. And uh, I think Prince Fielder will again probably hit about 100 in the uh, – when it counts, with no home runs, no RBIs, and uh, the Nationals will win it all. All right, so you're picking the Nationals to win it all. Very interesting. Okay. Well, that would be interesting because you don't see uh, any anybody but the Cardinals will be. <laughs> I don't like to see. I'm sure other people in parts of America feel the same way about the Red Sox, but I'm kind of sick of some of these same old teams winning all the time. So. It would be good for the Nationals or or even the Rangers or the Tigers uh, to see somebody some new blood in there win the World Series. Don't forget, don't forget they've got Doug Fister. That's true. No, they've upgraded and they've got a great pitching staff. Yeah, they've got a great team. So I'm not sure what happened to them last year, but it stands to reason that they would have a bounce back year. So, uh, but who yeah. knows? I, and then and, and Harper's. Harper's, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, like, Mike Trout is, uh, has gotten all this, you know, thunder and talk and everything, and, and, and a couple of years ago, it was Bryce Harper that everybody was raving about, so, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Bryce Harper will uh, steal a spotlight back with a, uh, World Series. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Um, all right. Well, uh, what's next for you? What's, what's going on with RSS? You got any book projects we should know about? <laughs> no books, no, no. books. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll just continue. I'll just continue listening to the next podcast uh, from BOA. That's, that's probably uh, what I've got next in the pipe. Nice, nice. Well, I do appreciate your long-standing support and friendship of the program RSS, and it's great to have you uh, as part of the canon of BOA Audio once again. Congrats on winning the forum contest, and uh, best of oh, luck. Got, I'll say this: next up for me is uh, going to the Motor City Comic Con with Lone Gunman. There you go. Motor City Comic Con. It'd be nice if Baruti would show up there, but uh, it probably won't happen. Yeah, I don't think Baruti can fund a trip to the zoo, much less the Motor City Comic Con, but who knows? 
All right, buddy. Well, thank you for uh, appearing on the baseball special. Thanks a lot. And I will, I will win again. All right. <laughs> You're listening to Banal of America Audio. That does it for the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Big, big thanks to Greg Bishop, Jason Offit, Adam Go Rightly, Paul Kimball, and Red Sun Superman for joining us on this year's baseball special. Be sure to check out all of their various websites to find out more from them in the realm of the paranormal. Fantastic researchers, writers, broadcasters, all the way across the board. Awesome guys, and it was great to be able to sit down with them once again for the baseball special. With that said, since this episode is insanely late, we're Two, three weeks past opening day at this point. It's sad, really. This is probably the most haphazard edition of the baseball special we've ever done. And so, I'm going to askew all of the normal end-of-show segments here. We're going to skip listener feedback. We're going to skip the staff thanks. We're even going to skip the push for donations and scurry along right to the plug for next week's program. On the next edition of BOA Audio... I couldn't even begin to tell you who's on the program just yet because I'm waiting to hear back from a couple of folks regarding doing another live edition of the program, hopefully within the next few days. Once I get that info, I will get it posted to Banal of America and BOA on Facebook. That's where you'll get the information on the next edition of the program. If I can't get all the stars to align For a live edition of the program, I will dip into our collection here of taped programs from earlier this month and roll out a fantastic edition of the program that I'm sitting on right now, which is really tremendous stuff. So no matter how you slice it, there will be a new edition of BOA Audio in the realm of the paranormal, don't worry, coming at you in hopefully just a few short days. And with that said, we close the book on the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Big, big thanks once again to Greg Bishop, Jason Offit, Adam Go Rightly, Paul Kimball, and Red Sun Superman. And, of course, enormous thanks to all you folks out there, the truly hardcore BOA Audio listeners, the ones who tune in to the Baseball Special. You are a very elite group, my friends. You are, as I said, the true hardcore BOA audio listeners. Thank you once again for your enduring support of the program, and thank you for making BOA audio a part of your esoteric and baseball audio playlist. Until next time, this is Tim Benall, thanking you for listening and signing off.